What about I'm in love with my car? Jesus. Oh, I love it. Well, that's the kind of song teenagers can crank up the volume in their car and bang their heads to. Bohemian Rhapsody will never be that song. Need a rumble? I'm ready to rumble. Let's fucking do this stuff. <laughs> Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of Fascinated with Films. I didn't even know you were recording. Yeah, man. <laughs> How do you prepare for the funny, Justin? Do you, do you, you think hard about the performance you want to give? I meditate for you at meditate? least 67 minutes. 67 minutes. Prior to the pod. Yeah, I, I find that that's right where my funny range I watch lies. a lot of Eddie Murphy right before I go in. <laughs> man, there's been two great photos because Eddie Murphy's been going around doing a lot of promotional stuff. And you for heard, the Dolomite uh, movie? For the Dolomite movie. Yeah. He's also agreed to do Saturday Night Live, which is insane because he has not been back to Saturday Night Live since he uh, quit. Well, he did way back in the day. He did no, he didn't. I thought he showed up for the fortieth. Uh, I don't think so, unless he just recorded something. He's not, he hasn't hosted. Oh, oh, uh, he's gonna so host. He's gonna host. Oh, it. that's awesome. So he's hosting that, and everyone says it's gonna break all the records. And Fuck everything. yeah! But there's I'm two, Gumby yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there's two <coughs> photos he put out that were great. So he, he ran into. Jamie Lee Curtis. So it's a great picture of him next to Jamie Lee Curtis, and they're both looking fantastic. Uh-huh. Jamie Lee Curtis is like aging in reverse. She's got that cool, punky, short hair now yeah. that she's rocking. I was telling Dave, I just rewatched Halloween 2018 on Friday the oh, 13th, and my girl's so like, I don't good. think this is how this is done. <laughs> I, said, I make rules, man. I said, everyone else is watching Friday the 13th. I'm watching Halloween. Hell yeah. Uh, and then the other picture, which was an awesome picture, which I'll have to uh, pull up later on for you, is him with the little kid from The Golden Child. I who's did completely, see that one. And it's a, it's a girl. We never knew that was a girl what? playing no that kidding. role. I didn't yeah. know that. And she's like, she's like 35, 40 now, and they're just together pointing at each other, uh, smiling. I was like, how the hell did they ever come across each other there? So A bit. Is that a bit? That's a bit. Yeah. There's no way. She would have had to come up to him and say, this is who I am. There's oh, yeah. no way if you worked with a child actor that young that you'd ever be able to tell. Yeah, that's did, awesome, crazy. Dude. So Yeah, I'm looking forward to the, the Dolomite movie. There's been a lot of... Uh, was there another? Was the original one? Yeah, it's based on a real remember. guy uh, who did that stuff. No, I, I think he's. It's like knowing who that Wiesel guy was before the room. No one knew who he was. It was like that much of a low key indie flick. Was it that, good? Uh, the Dolomite. I've mm-hmm. never seen it. Oh. Yeah, I, yeah I never, I, it'll I'm, get people to go watch it after this movie comes out. I bet. Oh yeah, I mean I'm they're sure gonna want to know what the hell it's about. I'm excited to see Arsenio Hall in it. Arsenio, uh, not Arsenio Hall, uh, Wesley Snipes. Wesley Snipes, yeah. And Wesley Snipes has been talking up uh, coming to America, and he, I guess he shared the accent he's using in the movie. On oh, the really? Thing. I didn't click on it, but it's supposed to be really interesting. Huh. Uh, yep, we're a couple weeks, me and Justin, tonight. Yes. We're going to see Three from Hell. Hell yes. A month and a half before it comes out, so it's going to be interesting. You're going to go on and ruin it for everybody Absolute on the message. Absolutely. Fucking lootly. Find the money to get it back. <laughs> I don't know what I could ruin on that movie with you. A bunch oh, really? of people died, <laughs> yeah. and it was really Motherfucker. violent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? Like. Uh, and then we got a couple weeks till uh, Joker comes out. Joker has got an eight and a half minute standing ovation at the Venice Film Festival, and wow. people are like guaranteeing that Joaquin wins the eight and a half minutes award for it. Yeah, once so upon it's, a time was really only about six minutes. Well, once upon a time had six minutes. Did it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, they they timed that shit. That's like a big thing to be able to use in the press. So, and they said Joaquin will finally win Best Actor, and there's like no one else that's going to even be close to him. That's they, awesome. Uh, I heard I was hearing Kevin Smith's podcasting par- partner Mark Bernard talking. He's like the the Oscars have a checklist, and if you go through that checklist, lost fifty two pounds <laughs> for the role. Check. Yeah. You could not uh, slip out of the role after you uh, after you went in there. Check. Yeah. 
Yeah. You couldn't stop doing the laughter. Check. And it was, uh, and he also was saying that they, the laughter in the movie is like a Tourette's thing. It's not oh, wow. like, it's not like him. It's just an added thing to his kind of mental instability. That's pretty dope. And it's really clever. He he was also concerned of how dangerous this uh, this movie could possibly be if people are looking at it the I've, wrong way. I've heard about you that, heard that too. Because yeah. it's, it's somebody that's it's a vigilante. No, yeah, it's somebody sort who of, feels like society has. Well, but uh, they're specifically saying that like troubled white males are going to relate to this movie. In I think a it's not very similar. Way. If you you know why? If you combine, there's a lot of troubled <laughs> white males. <laughs> yeah, there. but I. I feel like they're, they're like they shouldn't even have brought that up as a storyline. No. Like I really don't feel like I feel like saying that brings the attention yeah, of yeah, people to go, true. "Oh, I need to see this yeah, then." Yeah, that's true. You know, like and if you would have just and shut the fuck up and not said that. I think that, most like, moviegoers are like most video game players that they can separate themselves and fall into that kind of thing and not be affected by it. <laughs> but the problem is from what I've, most. From what yeah. I've seen, it's like a combination of three movies. People are saying it's such a Scorsese love letter because mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if you ever heard of King of Comedy. It was no. an early Scorsese movie where Robert De Niro played like a comedian who was not funny oh, and wow. he was going out there and he was trying and trying and he couldn't do it and that there is elements of the Joker in that for sure. So they're saying it's a combination between Martin Scorsese's King of Comedy, Taxi Driver, and Fight Club. Uh, wow. Because the Fight Club part is when he just everyone wants to be with him right. and part of his group and do whatever the fuck he says. So it's, it's going to be really interesting. They also released the mega cast list of Suicide Squad, and I'm super excited. Who's, that, who's in it? Uh, I can't even begin to name, tell you. I, I, can actually, I send him the, I I send him the text. There's, there's like right 20 here. people, but yeah. there's probably only about 10 that you could name. That you know. Name one or two that I wouldn't expect. Well, you, uh, Pete um, Davidson? Yeah. <laughs> Pete oh, Davidson's yeah. the number John one. John Cena? Uh, John Cena, I could kind of yeah, get. Yeah, I can see him. Well, there's only like three people that have come back from the old one. You know, it's Margot Robbie. They yeah. they picked the good ones. They they picked Captain Boomerang. The guy who played Captain Boomerang was really good, and they picked that head guy. Oh, no, uh, what's her name? Uh, the girl plays uh, Waller is coming back. Oh, I'm not sure here. I'll give you the uh, cast list the right only there. probably one of the few women on there. I, you what's know, her name? Uh, Viola Davis. Yeah, Viola Davis. I really wish that they would have, and I understand Will Smith didn't want to do it, but his character was my favorite from well, Suicide. That character is awesome. He played it like garbage, though, because uh, I, yeah. I used to read the comics, and it's not Will Smith now. Yeah. It, it could be done so much better. So someone else is going to come in and play Deadshot. What do you think, Dave? Uh, Who would be a good Deadshot? Uh, Nicholas Cage. I said, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're not wrong, you're actually. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the best answer I've ever heard. <laughs> Keanu Reeves. Yeah, right. Why not? <laughs> but uh, I haven't seen sui- the original Suicide Squad since the theater. Me and Warger went and saw it in the theater. You didn't I, like it. I didn't like it. I didn't hate it though, but I didn't like it. Uh, I thought the Jared Leto stuff was one of the worst things ever. And there's that I saw that list. And I'm like Jared Leto. Jared Leto. Ah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> but then again, I'm thinking Pete Davidson. You know, when Pete Davidson smiles, he looks like the fucking Joker. Yeah. No, and I'm wondering if they would do that uh, okay. type there. But it'll be interesting. Uh, who they? They're not revealing who each person is playing yet. I mean, Margot Robbie. Obviously, you know, she ain't gonna come in and play Deadshot. But they also said, "Don't get too attached to the." Yeah, names. that's what exactly so. what they said. So everyone's. I'm fine with that. Kill half them off. That's why there's so many names there. So yeah. you, you can just knock people off. So it's gonna be interesting to see uh, that flick. I mean, James Gunn kind of on fire right now so I'm, I'm all about he put his brother in it again I love uh, Sean Gunn who uh, I've been watching forever because my wife's a huge Gilmore Girls fan and he's like a huge part of that uh, that show and he was in Guardians you know he was the one that uh, he was Michael Rooker's like uh, sidekick in that movie and uh, he actually also controlled the uh, he did the green screen shots of Rocket Raccoon oh really uh, so he double dutied it there hell yeah but today Talk about some real life shit. Real life stuff. 
We're gonna go through some biographies, man. I, I love biographies. Drugs are bad. Good. That's real life. <laughs> and biographies are huge right now, man. One of the uh, ones I'm excited to see more than anyone is similar to probably the most excited one that Justin's uh, about to see is the uh, the guy from the producer from Last Dragon. What's his name? Oh, Barry Gordy. Barry Gordy. The yeah. Barry Gordy documentary, which uh, I don't even. That's one of the I things think we're gonna it's have only, to keep. I think it's only Netflix. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. I have Netflix. That's fine. He stole a lot of money from a lot of people. Yeah. But that's the type of flick that will come out under your radar and you won't even know it's been and it's been it's been out for six months what so it, i'm gonna have to keep up on it to know when it actually is released it's similar to that one we were talking about last week the the one that rocky was based on that i guarantee yeah. is out and that none of us have seen and it didn't go to the theater so when they i throw think those big boy ones, might be playing barry Gordon. yeah i think that was what the original idea was so i'm very interested in that you know they uh i still haven't seen the elton john one which i hear is really good mm-hmm. now they're doing uh, a bruce springsteen one so bi- biographies especially with music stars yeah. with athletes uh and they are, get are the, really big they get the live performances absolutely right it's they really popular to, right but... now with uh when the uh the queen one came out uh, which I'll reveal now is on my list, but I'm not going to be talking about until later. <laughs> but uh, when that one came out, it really spurred a lot of these other ones, and, and that's right one. Almost when that movie came out, you heard about the uh, Rocket Man one coming out. And there's a ton of people. We I should mention to too another biography great. that what I would love to see, and it's sad because he died last night. Was uh, Rico Kasich? Yep. Lost Rico Kasich last mm-hmm. night. The lead singer of the Cars. It's oh, really? really? One of the uh, most influential uh, bands. I tell you what, if you want to blow your mind one time, pull up all the Cars songs. Yeah. And, and it's amazing. See how many you recognize you know. It's yeah. Oh, I'm sure. Absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. It's like, like 23, 24. Yeah. yeah. You, when, you, when you went in there like, thinking it was going to be I couldn't name six. that many Zeppelin songs, but Zeppelin... I have the Cars double album, The Greatest Hits, and it's it's phenomenal. It's like, it's, there's no B-sides on it. It's all yeah. great hits, man. And I, I loved Rick Ocasek. I loved those videos of him back in the day. And also, he, he gave every dork hope that he could he, even him could get a... Uh, I met him. A supermodel at one point. <laughs> I uh, met him. Yeah, that's what you had. I think you had and, mentioned uh, Ferrara's yeah. dad had the, had a studio yeah, he in a Mansfield. Designer. He was a clothing he was a dis- designer. Clothing designer, but he used chain mail. Yeah. So he made slinky dresses for the stars huh. and fashion accessories, dresses with his stuff on it. Yeah. Rick Ocasek was having a leather jacket made by him. Yeah. And I would help Matt clean out the trash cans, and his dad would give us 20 bucks. And nice. I'd go buy a bunch of junk food. And we were in there. And he's like, hey, come over. You, you know this rock band? And introduced us to him, and he like gave us his autograph. I didn't know. Next door? I didn't know who he was. Was it next door? It was in Mansfield, no. in his studio. And why wasn't I there? I would have I loved that. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I didn't recognize him. I love the music him. video when you were a fly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, I love your wife. I think this was before was, this. Uh, yeah, Paulina Porzkova. They I just love, got divorced last yeah, year. Yeah. She's, she was gorgeous, man. I loved her in uh, Her Alibi, oh, that yeah, Tom yeah, Selleck yeah, movie. Oh, movie. I had a crush on her big time. And then when I heard she was with Ocasek, I was like, see? It's good to be king. It's good to be king, man. <laughs> so uh, it's very sad. I love him, and I'll, I'll probably uh, put on some uh, some Cars music right, later right on. Right here. Dink. I know. <laughs> but yeah, th- there's so many great biographies to do. I had to like trim my list down to what what I really wanted to talk about. But I, mine kind of went. I think Justin's leaned a little towards athletics. Mine, uh, Dave's probably more history. Am I guessing right? More history, yeah. History, Can't current confirm. events. Current events, and mine goes music. Uh, there's three of mine on my list that are if, uh, musical stars. If there's two movies and they're equally great. And I find out one is a true story. <laughs> Boom! I automatically list. like it right a hundred times more. Yeah, I, it's weird. It, the movie doesn't even have to be any better. It's just it, it means more to me to to learn about. I love history. Mm-hmm. I love. I, I, 
probably should have been a history teacher in a former yeah. life, but they don't pay. They don't pay, pay like they don't pay very well. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think this will be an exciting one. So Justin, I say we start right off. Hell yes. Um, so this is somebody that I've always been a fan of. Um, this is the and it was an HBO movie, uh, 1995's Tyson. This was a good one, dude. Is this the so one where good. George C. Scott played uh, uh, the Customato? The Customato. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was a really good one, man. Um, I didn't see this. Who played Tyson? Uh, Michael J. White, the guy who from Spawn. Yeah, played Spawn. From Dark Knight. Um, he was all yeah. <laughs> Pick a, yeah. a non superhero movie. Uh, <laughs> he's he's been in a couple. You don't, of you like, don't remember? Been Dark Knight. He's the one that they were burning. Uh, Heath Ledger was burning all the money, yeah, and he yeah. grabbed him by the. Uh, he's the why so serious thing, and then he passed out. <laughs> it was really great. Oh no! Yeah, I thought he killed him. Um, it looked like he passed out. <laughs> uh, either way, um, he's a badass martial artist. Like he's yeah, he's in he's some, the uh, real deal. Yeah, he's in um, some stuff coming up soon too. I think. Um, I heard about some of there's, those. He did one movie called like it's either to the bone or bad to the bone or something like that. And that was actually like, it was a yeah. B movie, but it was pretty popular, popular enough that they made I'm like, thinking of with him. Go ahead. I'll they talk. made like three or four more of them, but he plays Mike Tyson in this. And, uh, he looked just fucking like him. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. He must've trained like a motherfucker. too. Oh, well, and that's the thing is like, he was already a martial artist. Like, so Spawn I mean, was in 97. So this was like two years before. I'm Spawn. pretty sure this is what got him the role for Spawn. I, I don't know. Um, it, because he was massive. Th- this was the first thing I ever saw him in. Um, I'm gonna look up. Oh, and, uh, so what? They cover the whole gamut of Tyson. So it basically goes like right up to the point. It starts um, before he gets to Customato's house. Um, so I'm pretty sure he's like kind of almost homeless and in and out of jail, like very briefly. And that's when he meets uh, Customato and. You know, that was who promoted him first. Oh off. yeah, that's who taught him everything. I mean, he, did, he was—he didn't know how to box until he met him. Um, I mean, he knew how to fight. You know, he was a fighter for sure. Um, Let me that? interject real quick. There's—I uh, don't think I've ever seen him play in a comedy before. Well, he in uh, in production right now with him as the lead com- uh, comedian in it. That I didn't even know this was even in production. He is playing Undercover Brother in Undercover Brother Two. Oh, that's fucking great, <laughs> How dude! Crazy man. <laughs> um, there, there is one that he plays that's very much is like Chappelle coming back. Tell me, Chappelle's coming back. <laughs> oh, dude, that'd be awesome. Oh, that would be good. Um, he plays <laughs> Bronze Tiger and Arrow. I didn't know he was on. Uh, he was in like the superhero list. Bronze Tiger's a great uh, superhero guy. I don't know. Huh. Um, yeah, and so you know, like basically, it's Tyson from right before he goes to the Olympics. And you know, gains the gold medal. I guess I there. don't know that much about Tyson. Did he? He was. He went to the Olympics before he became professional. Yeah, um, and he won the gold. Yeah, and I, I can't remember if it was the. I'm pretty sure it was the Olympic gold match, or if it was his first amateur fight um, with Spinks. No, no, no. He yeah. won in seven seconds. That was the Spinks fight. When was, he took Spinks out, he took Spinks out it was like, like nine seconds. Yeah, it was well, no, this 10. was one of his very oh, first, okay. like, it wasn't a big fight. He yeah. wasn't very well known. <laughs> I'm almost Spinks positive was. it was when he won the gold for, yeah. uh, you know, for the heavyweight boxing. Seven and seconds. Seven seconds. <laughs> That's where he revealed um, that uppercut. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And there's a really great scene in the movie because, you you know, he's training in Customato. The, um, what's his name? George, George C. Scott. Scott. He was great in this movie. He played that so well that, I mean, because I've seen... What year was this? 95. Um, because I've seen really videos. That What's that? That's I know it doesn't, it doesn't seen seem like. Yeah, I saw it when it came out. When it was on HBO, I remember watching it. Um, I've seen videos of Customato, yeah. you know, and I mean, he plays him to oh, yeah. a T. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, and so they show him like training, and he's really hard on Mike, but at the same time, he's like, it's like a, his son almost. Yeah, he's a, he's, a, he's a, like father a father figure, yeah. you know, and um, Mike was young. Uh, yeah, no, he and was, he's not. 
he's not the brightest bulb in the world. Well, he had he he's had actually not he's actually super intelligent. He is. He's, he's just, just not very not very articulate. Not, yeah. Is it not articulate? Not the word. He just makes like, ba- he made bad choices back in the oh, day. For yeah, sure. Well, yeah, that's yeah, what I was going to ask yeah. earlier. Did they go all the way through to oh, him yeah. going to, to jail? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so in this particular scene, that's one of my favorites, though, is you know they're they're telling him like you got to train hard. This you know you got to go through this and da da da. And Customato, for some reason or another, couldn't make it to the fight. Like, he was at yeah. home. And so, um, whoever his trainer is, um, I think it might have been uh, Bill Clayton. Um, Teddy Atlas, that's who it was. He's super famous in boxing now. Um, he was his, you know, other trainer, like his corner man. And so, they start the fight, and he knocks him out. In seven seconds, and he gets on the phone and he calls, uh, Teddy Atlas gets on the phone and calls Customato and he says, how'd he do? And he said, seven. And he goes, what, seven rounds? And he goes, no, seven seconds, <laughs> you know? That's awesome. Yeah, and like, he just knows, like he, Customato. Tyson never boxed yeah. seven rounds in his lifetime? Uh, probably well, not up to that point. Buster, how many I mean, rounds did that go? Buster went 10. almost the whole thing until yeah. he got knocked out, so I think it was almost ten. Yeah. Uh, Paul Winfield played Don King in oh. this, which I thought was great. Oh. Anytime you hear a Tyson documentary, you automatically want to know who's playing who's Customato playing? and who's playing Don Absolutely, really, yeah. Because that's who it is. Also, Clark Gregg was in this. Friggin' uh, from the Marvel movies. How young he must have been in this movie. Oh, wow. It's, it's oh, wait, no, I'm sorry. He was the trainer. Kevin Rooney. That I'm sorry. Um, he was the trainer. Clark Gregg. Oh, Clark Gregg. Clark that's Gregg. interesting. Yeah. I would love to see this again just to see him super young. Because yeah. we know him as Coulson in the Marvel movies for... He, did all of that Marvel Agents of Shield and everything? Of course, like that, yeah, so. he was great yeah. um, in that. You know, but they yeah, even went they, into the Robin Gibbons stuff. They, right? they yeah. go into that. They go into when he becomes the champion. I mean, it is a very yeah. like. I, I mean, I, it's got to be very accurate. Yeah. Um, and it made this is what kind of spurred HBO to do the Don King movie with only uh, in America. Uh, yeah, with yeah. what's his name uh, from Pulp Fiction, uh, Ving Rhames. Uh, Ving Rhames, yeah. who won the uh, Golden Globe and uh, Marcel so, Wallace. Marcel yeah. Wallace made him famous. Um, but yeah, I mean, the fights, He's the, the behind the stuff, life, behind the scenes stuff. Life. Yeah, I, I mean. You know, because it's like looking into his life. You know what I mean? And I imagine that it's got to be very, very accurate. You know, and like, have you seen him on the roasts? He he's always always a host on the celebrity roasts. Really? Almost always. No kidding. Ninety percent of the time. Only, I think I've only seen him once on one of the roasts. But I've seen him in several. Uh huh. It's almost like that's what he does. Hey, he's making money wherever he can. Like, yeah, he's but at no, cons. He goes to cons. It, like, if I if there was one person on earth that I ever wanted to meet over Andre. I would want to meet Mike Tyson. Have you heard? I've met Evander Holyfield, um, yeah. but I never met Tyson. Have you That's heard? great. You've met Holyfield. Though. Yeah, yeah you, you have a picture the, with him. Yeah. You I, know who the comedian Tom Segura is? Who? Tom Segura. Uh-uh. Um, Google Tom Segura meets Mike Tyson. He does, does two different bits about Mike Tyson befriending him and coming to his comedy shows. Oh, wow. And hanging yeah. out with him in the green room. Oh, wow. Mike's, That's awesome. Mike's got a sense yeah. of humor. Yeah. Super uh, About funny. stuff that, too. <laughs> So it's it's good that he does because it it he's one of those guys you are constantly seeing videos like the one that you had uh, liked on Facebook with him doing the uppercut in the bar yeah and shit yeah. like that when he's this was like what months ago where shit, he his still role in the that, Hangover was great uh, yeah you know I mean, so like, awesome. we all goes do dumb shit when we get fucked up <laughs> <laughs> he went to prison and he got forgiven 
Yeah, but I mean, like he he That's, came out uh, a different person, you know. And this was this went all the way up to him going to prison. Yeah, you it's know? cool. At least till ninety five. Yeah, and, and he had an, an interesting life since ninety five. Oh yeah, so they really could go back and do a whole other documentary. Yeah, uh, and release it in the theater. Uh, the other movie I was thinking of that Michael High White was in that uh, I haven't, still haven't seen yet, but it was the recent one uh, was that Dragged Across Concrete. Oh yeah, yeah okay, that. that's so, right. But Arrow, that's interesting. I never knew he was on Arrow playing the Bronze Tiger, so. I'll have to check that out. All right, Dave, what you got? All right. I'm going to do my groups first. I got two groups and then three individuals. I'm going to do the groups first. Um, I had to have a war one on. And, and I had to do it. I, to do it. <laughs> I have no choice. This stuff's fascinating. Um, and this one was great. It was the C- SEAL Team 6. Oh, nice. Oh, See, I don't I've know seen, that I saw that one. I haven't seen it. I, I, the only one I saw on that was the the big one that Catherine Bigelow did. What was it called? Uh, That's the one I think I uh, saw. Yeah, the one with uh, Chris Pratt was on the yeah, SEAL team. I don't remember that one. Oh, the Chris, Jessica Chastain. What the hell was it called? I can't it was remember. Like, it won all the fucking awards yeah. and everything, too. Okay. Kurt Locker? No, no, that was the one she did before. Zero Dark Thirty. Zero Dark Thirty. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That's a shame. I almost had to look that shit up. Yeah. Oh, I love Zero Dark Thirty. I went with our friend Ethan, and he hated it. Really? <laughs> we got out, and he was like, that movie was horrible. Really? I said, I fucking love that movie, man. It was definitely slow, but it was interesting. Well, uh, this was Fickner was like the CIA guy. Fickner's got that look all yeah. over his face. Yeah. He needs to be FBI or on the Delta Force like he was mm-hmm. on uh, or Black an astronaut. Or an astronaut. <laughs> <laughs> The guy that can drill yeah. on the asteroid. All right, Victor was in it. Who else was in um, it? The only other guy that I really we got five left, man. See, Seal Team Six. <laughs> no, see, and I don't remember f- four of them or five of them. The only one I do remember is the the lead guy. From well, Fickner was one of them, right? No, Fickner was the CIA oh, okay. contact, like liaison in the, gotcha. in the White House. Yeah, so he was kind of the last, the guy that was overseeing it. So, and, what was uh, the time period? It was where did it end? It ended right with the, the killing of him. It ended with the killing, and I think a little bit after it, it ran some news footage and a little bit. So after. basically, the same time period as Zero Dark Thirty, but yeah. you're just looking at the yeah. Team but what was cool is, is uh, so the guy from Hell on Wheels played. The guy that actually shot Anson Mount. Yeah. yeah, Anson that Mount is amazing. Awesome. And uh, anyone who hasn't seen Hell on Wheels, he's also in the Star Trek Discovery. He's like the lead captain now in that. What's but he, he's one of those gems that, that could be doing, that should be a huge, huge actor right now that's just kind of going low-key in TV and stuff. Uh, what was great was, is I didn't know that this was a planned thing. Mm-hmm. Like, they knew where he was, I want to say, three months ahead of time. Really? Oh, wow. Where they set up people across the street. I knew it was planned, but I thought it was planned for like a week. No, they actually. So, SEAL Team 6, half the movie, they were just practicing for the raid. Yeah, that shows you how. They were coming in and practicing for the raid and like screwing up Uh and shooting a child. Right. Because they knew the compound. They were monitoring this compound and they had satellite footage. They. They had tracked a doctor or something because Osama bin Laden had. It was diabetes. Oh really? Kidney failure. So he had to have be in constant contact. They just got his son last week. Yeah, they got his son yeah. last week too. So. Who, who on the camera was said, "I I want to kill all Americans." So Which I think he said that. I think they talked about his son being in the compound when it happened. So oh, wow. basically, they were practicing for this raid leading up to it, looking for a window when they could go in. Um, so what they wanted to do was under the cover of having to, because this was a compound with twenty foot walls. Oh wow! And Arm guards around the whole thing, so it yeah. was suspicious to begin with. I remember the compound. Pakistan was didn't want to like 
they wanted to help us, but they didn't want to help us. It was a compound. The problem with helping a warlord yeah. and then helping the people against the warlord is when the people against the warlord are gone and the warlord's the only one there, then you're stuck with them. Right. So they had to, like, appease both sides. So the Taliban had kind of free reign to go back and forth over to Af- yeah. Af- Afghanistan, Iraq, and come back and kind of get the safety because we had a treaty with Pakistan. We wouldn't bomb Pakistan. Uh-huh. But they flat out. How much of the movie was the incursion? Uh, the incursion didn't happen until right till the end. Yeah, but it was like 10 minutes, half hour? 10 minutes. 10 15 minutes. minutes? 15 minutes. Mm. Maybe more. I could be mistaken, but it, it, it was slow drawn out because they started it in I mean, the morning. It is they, what it is, you know, I mean, because they, they did you can't a bunch really of, add much well, they did a bunch of <laughs> they did a bunch of diversionary things during yeah. the day to set the raid up, and they were going to go in under the guise of inoculating the children that were in the compound. They uh-huh. got doctors to oh, gotcha. agree to go inside yeah. with nurses and give kids... Uh, vaccinations yeah and like the thing got all screwed up right from the start of the mission the the black hawk that was taking them in they had two black hawks taken in one of them crashed oh right? fuck in the compound oh uh, shit so they were already on edge in the it, compound. so there was no stealth yeah yeah At the they were crashed how, how much everybody said how long survived. after the everybody first survived crash? the crash how the other one the landed at the crash? same time did no, they, they, go they both came in. Oh, and one of them, one of them, one them crashed. Them then they invaded the place. Why oh, that wow. happened so much? Happened in Black Hawk Down, too. I mean, that must Because they're be going in on, in darkness. Yeah. They mm. might have hit a guide wire. They might have... Yeah. Who right. knows? I don't yeah. think they ever knew. Huh. Jeez. Um, but that they, compound reminds me of something that we would play in, like, con- oh, like Global de- Terror. Definitely. The, that yeah. uh, video game yeah, we used yeah, to yeah. play all the time. It was very similar. It was, like, that completely My square compound. My favorite video game of all time. Yeah, it's mine, too. I still own it, and I don't have the system. You stare at it like, yeah. I wish I was playing. It I remember right now. you. <laughs> I could get the system. It cost like yeah. hundred bucks. But so yeah, there you go. It was a textbook win of a raid. First off, they they weren't even a hundred percent sure that like there was a chance they were not even going to go. Yeah, they were like, well, we weren't sure that they're in there. We, we can't tell. So they weren't hundred percent sure. They weren't hundred percent that he was in either. There. That he was in there. Yeah, they yeah. knew it was a bunch of crazy people doing crazy shit, but they didn't know it was him. And uh, I like getting fucked up and doing fucked up <laughs> shit. G-Ober. <laughs> <laughs> but it, the raid scenes were great. The camera work was great. It, it, it wasn't an award-winning film. It wasn't a lot of people you you probably recognize. More character actors. Yeah, yeah. But it was more about the team and how they Anson co- was one of them, though. He was, he was the, the guy that guy. actually shot. So he was, the Chris, Pr- he was the Chris Pratt character yeah. that was in the yep. Zero Dark Theory. That's cool. Yeah, I would definitely check it out. Was it on Netflix? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'll definitely check it out. All right, this next one, and uh, I'm going to go with, uh, this is 1978, The Buddy Holly Story. I love this movie. There's, arguably, was, there's no better movie that Gary Busey has ever done. Oh, okay, I was uh, thinking um, Great Balls of Fire. No, saying, that's yeah, the Jerry Dennis Lee Quaid Lewis, one and yeah. the Jerry Le- yeah. Lewis one. Jerry Lewis, yeah. This is the one without the uh, having sex with your cousin. I know. <laughs> Winona Ryder. <laughs> is that who played the cousin? I yeah. haven't seen that movie in a yeah. long time. Uh, <laughs> if Winona Ryder was your cousin, would you have sex with <laughs> uh, Let's just I move just, on. Let's just move on. <laughs> 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 Don't answer that. You can that. say no. <laughs> no. <laughs> how old of a cousin? Right. <laughs> how close? How far, we talking yeah, how two, like three, four? How many Christmases did we carry Yeah. Uh, okay so the buddy holly story man and this is 1978 this was a phenomenal movie i always loved this movie i saw it early on and uh i really love buddy holly's music i'm uh uh rave on might be one of my top 50 songs of all time i love that song so it was buddy hall and the crickets and this took place like right 
from when he just was getting started and doing a three-piece band. He, he was already still called the Buddy Holly Band, but they didn't name it the Crickets until a little bit into it. Was uh, uh, was the guy from a Brother Were Out There in it? No, it's the Charles Martin Smith was the, the probably who you're thinking of. He was, was he? Uh, he's the accountant from The Untouchables. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the accountant. Oh, with the pipe? Uh, yeah, with the pipe. Okay. He was also in Star That's Man. right, that's right, that's right. That's yeah, right. so he played bass, yep. and then the other guy was uh, Don something. He's been in a lot of uh, 70s movies. Quentin used him as the sheriff that he had to kill in uh, Django when they got into the bar, and they immediately sh- uh, killed the sheriff when he came in. Oh, yeah. The guy that came, uh, they after him came the guy from Dukes of Hazzard, uh, but that... Don something. I can't remember his name. But, and then the great Gary Busey, and people forget, Gary Busey was nominated for an Oscar for this movie. Gary Busey did not go crazy till after 1978, I can tell you. <laughs> at, at this point, people thought he probably was going to be a major, major actor, you mm-hmm. know, because he killed this, and he played all his own music, he sang all his own uh, songs, and he sounded just fucking like them. But what was great about it is you got to see the, the origin story of them just playing in the... Uh, uh, playing in the garage and doing stuff like that. And someone had, uh, there was a great scene at the beginning of the movie where they're uh, at like a roller rink and uh, they're, they're live That's a kind of broadcasting. Game, this is 19, <laughs> well, this is 1958, yeah. 1959, I mean, uh, around there. So, and they were playing this music and he, he was like the first time that rock and roll was kind of like this. Before that, it was very sock hoppy type rock and roll. Mm. And so he, they, Phone calls were coming in because it was being broadcast off on the radio, and they said, you knock that shit off right now, and they had to pull the music on. But he still kept the tape. And uh, the guy who worked at the roller rink, and he tells Buddy, he says, you know, I sent that tape off to a friend of mine in New York. He says, you don't say you did, huh? And uh, so he was excited, hoping he would get a call. And then uh, somebody had heard it, and uh, before even signing them, like put it out on the uh, thing. So oh, they, wow. So the guy was like, wait, you put it out without signing them? He says, you better get him on board right now. So yeah. they <laughs> called Buddy Holly and uh, it was just literally them and their friends who were living in like, damn, I want to say Kansas or something. He gave Texas, him a record, Lubbock. He gave him Lubbock, record deal before or he didn't, he put the record he out, put out on the air him before he did a record deal. Wow. Yeah. And That's crazy. I, Buddy didn't seem that pissed about it but it did give him leverage when they tried to like, uh, they tried to uh, tell him that he... They wanted to produce all their own stuff. They wanted complete creative control like most artists want. Most artists don't you get didn't it. You get that back but then. But he realized get more that he now, had a I little think. bit of leverage. So when he showed up and the guy, uh, I don't know if you remember Mork and Mindy, he was the guy that played Mindy's dad uh-huh. in the show. Yeah, yeah. He was the guy who was the producer uh, that ended up, uh, his guy kind of put it out. So they wheeled and dealed with him. And uh, he had, Buddy Holly ended up starting a relationship. And a lot of the movie dealt with that relationship with him and uh, this uh, really sweet Puerto Rican girl who was the secretary for the producer uh, there. So that you get to see them meet and everything. And then he, he's trying to ask her out on a date. He says, my mom won't go for it. She's not going to let me uh, date a white guy. So you see Buddy go to the house and have uh, coffee and tea with the uh with his mother and the mother uh pretends not to know him and then when he's leaving says i love your movie uh music buddy <laughs> and reveals <laughs> that she's known him the whole time it was really fun but there's all those great scenes like you, you see it a lot in bands and everyone wants t- 
everyone's creativity kind of bounces back on each other and the, the band's not getting along. These guys thought that they were going to make this record, go on a little bit of a tour and go back to Lubbock. And uh, Buddy's like, we're not going home. He says, what yeah. are you talking about? Isn't we right? made it. We're in New York. We're yeah. doing like Ed Sullivan. How does that conversation come up earlier uh, on? Yeah. <laughs> so they start well, getting angry and pissed One of them didn't want to go them. to the army, didn't he, or something? Uh, no, one of them... No, uh, am I thinking of... Another? You must be thinking of something else because uh, there was a great scene where Wonders. they start the getting... Uh, oh, the, uh, the Tom Hanks one? Yeah. The, yeah, that yeah, was one of the kid. Remember he was doing yeah, push-ups in yeah. the yeah. diner because he that was, was a good getting, going to the Marines. Movie. I totally forgot that thing you do. That thing you yeah, do, yeah. Uh, could have been on this one. Could have been. Yeah. But uh, there's a great scene where they're about to go on like Ed Sullivan's show and uh, their movie, their their music is like killing it. He's knocking it out of the park, all these different uh, hits. You get to see him at the beginning uh, before he breaks up with his girlfriend. Uh and I, I want to say her name is like Mary, and he, he's singing Peggy Sue, but he's singing it Mary Sue. And then you realize they break up, and, and you're like, oh, now I know why he named it Peggy Sue and not Mary That's Sue. That's funny. So it's really clever. Uh, but there's a great scene where they're about to go on live, and him and the uh, guitarist are like going back and forth, or the drummer are going back and forth at each other. And uh, someone dropped something, and the, uh, the drummer uh, went to pick it up and uh, put his head up and knocked buddy holly's two front teeth out uh, right before he was gonna go on air oh wow so he like jammed it with like uh bubble gum and just put his teeth in there oh, and you could fuck. see it a little bit on his gums and everything when he's playing apparently you still can if you go back and watch that performance that's his teeth get knocked a out performer dude fuck yeah. yeah on the biggest days in the world and uh, your first oof. big i'll tell you what and the girls that are like obsessed with you you don't yeah. want to show you did, uh, yeah. did the band disintegrate I, I, it did disintegrate but what was interesting about it it wasn't for that long they he went out on his own and uh i mean basically they, they ended up coming to his band. wife he, I mean, he was he got married to his wife, and this is when the sad part of the stuff happens, but it's it ended like right up at it. Uh, Did they go in the Wailing Jennings and all that stuff? Uh, no, I don't think of any of the Wailing Jennings stuff. He was the one that uh, switched places. Well, that they didn't mention at all. On but, the plane. Well, he they had bus problems, so yeah. they had to take a plane. And yeah. He's calling his wife, and right when he's calling his wife, he had been broken up with the other. He dropped the cricket's name, and he had been on his own <laughs> for like six or eight months. And they had showed up at his wife's house, and she was like pregnant, and they were all excited to see her and hugs and everything. He says, "We're gonna surprise Buddy in like Oklahoma or wherever it was tomorrow night. It's gonna be great. We're gonna come out there on stage and we're gonna reunite." Well, he died in the plane crash yeah. that night getting there. And the horrible thing is, not only did we lose Buddy Holly, we bought uh, lost Richie Valen, yep. and yep. we lost uh, Big, the, Bob. uh, Big Bopper, yeah. uh, the Chantilly Lace guy. And you got to see him in the movie too. You know that uh, really fat, funny guy from uh, Ernest. The Ernest movies. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He played uh, oh, uh, the wow. big bopper, and he was really, really good. I'm not huh. sure who played Richie Valens, but you only saw him for a brief second. But there were other bands that you, they came across that they uh, they saw each other, and it was just a phenomenal performance by them, and they did a great job, uh, especially uh, especially Gary Busey, man. One of my favorite Quantum Leap episodes oh, really? was... He jumped into one of them? He jumped into Buddy Holly's dad. Oh, interesting. And Man, they got clever towards Buddy the end Holly there, yeah. pick up a guitar the first time, and Peggy Sue was his pig's name. Ha. <laughs> and he was singing to the pig. They were on a farm. Yeah. And and his dad's like, "That's a pretty good song. I think that's gonna do well." Yeah. And then like he leaped out. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. What a great show that was. Yeah, no, I used Quantum to love that show. Yeah. I'm surprised they don't bring that back. They, they could got super clever sometimes Especially when they had to come into like a black man's body or, or a, a woman's woman. body. Yeah. Or the Down Syndrome. He went into a Down oh, Syndrome right, kid once, right, and he right. went into a chimpanzee that was about to be tested at the lab. Ooh. Oh, wow. Remember, in the whole thing, he was in a diaper. He was just uh, being led around in a diaper. Ah, that's uh, funny. It's got baculus. So they did a really great job. He went into once where his, uh, he went into... 
his brother died in Vietnam, and he went into oh. his brother's best friend who was in Vietnam with him. So oh. he was in the scene with his brother. His brother died. It was crazy, man. It was crazy. And he man. couldn't change the future either. Like he no, there was a lot of details. That that is a movie, the show that should be revamped with digital effects. They can really do yeah. the stuff great with Al and everything. So, yeah, Quantum Leap. Quantum Leap. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so this one's a little more recent. Uh, this is a really fun and interesting and also kind of fucked up story. <laughs> um, this is about Daniel Lugo, uh, Paul Doyle, and Adrian Dorball. Um, these are, it's called Pain and Gain. Oh, see, oh, I've, I've heard of this, heard but of this I had movie. never uh, seen it. Uh, I One of the podcasts <laughs> I listened to, what did these two ingenious young men do? <laughs> so it's Mark Wahlberg, The Rock, and then Anthony Mackie. Um, and Mark Wahlberg, like, He's a train. They're all like huge, yeah. you know, like South muscle. Beach, like exactly, uh, yeah, like bodybuilders or not uh, weight heads, I guess. You yeah, call yeah, them. you know, um, we'll call them muscle heads. Bodybuilders, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and so Mark Wahlberg, you know, he just he wants to be the best that he can be, yeah. you know, and he works hard every day, and he's really jacked, and like he works at a gym, and he's a personal trainer, and like you know he's got a positive outlook, and he's trying to you know make money, make money, make money, you know, and like no matter what he does, he can never seem to really get ahead, you know. Um, so he starts training this one guy, Tony Shalhoub, um, who plays Victor Kershaw, and. Basically, whenever they're training, Tony Shalhoub is just, like, telling him how much money he has and, like, the ridiculous house that he lives in and then, you know, just bragging to him about mm. money all the time. And, like, Mark Wahlberg wants that life, yeah, yeah. you know? Um, <laughs> Instead of earning himself. You've got to know when to shut up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. around the poor. <laughs> right. Yeah, Eventually, you're going to realize if you're stupid, you're not going to do it yourself, so you might as well take it from somebody else. Right, <laughs> you know? And so um, as the movie kind of goes on, um, The Rock shows up at the gym. and He had, he had not met The Rock, these two... Like he real knew, life characters he knew, didn't know each other until right. then? Um, he knew Anthony Mackie's character. Yeah. Um, they were friends, and Anthony Mackie was like just doing roids all the time. Yeah. Um, and it takes a really funny turn with his character to where like he can't get it up anymore because yeah. he's done so many roids. Is that the Falcon? Is that Anthony Mackie? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, okay. yeah. Um, I wouldn't think he was that big. He was huge in this movie, or just big for him. I he was. I mean, Not, he was the next s- to the Rock. You're tiny. I suppose. Exactly. <laughs> like, well, and there's one scene where he's like at a bodybuilding competition, and he wins first place, and he's like standing there flexing, and the two guys who play second and third place are like double his fucking size. You know what I mean? So it's like I mean, it was charisma. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, they don't have that part of the competition. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, uh, <laughs> this round will be the charisma competition. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> something witty. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, uh, Rebel Wilson. Oh yeah. Is in this. yeah. Rebel Wilson. He goes to see her because who's he? he? Um, Anthony Mackie. Okay. He goes to see her. Like I said, this is like a little side story about him. He goes to see her because he can't get hard anymore, and like. She works at a doctor's office where, you know, they, like, help you with that kind of stuff. And he has to get, like, injections into his dick, you know? And she, like, you know how in just every movie she's that, like, sarcastic, sexy, like, you know, role that she plays or whatever? just kind of No, like, she's she's very sexual with her comments. I I suppose she is. You know what I mean? Like, she has that sarcasm that goes along with it. She's Fat Amy, dude. 
Yeah. Have you ever seen uh, her in Pitch uh, Perfect? That was like the best thing I, about that movie was her. <laughs> I mean, and I imagine the character that she was she funny pl- as hell. Right, and I it's imagine like, you call yourself Fat Amy. Yeah, so skinny bitches like you can't call me that. <laughs> <laughs> right, and so that's that's kind of the the, the sarcastic role yeah, she yeah. always oh, yeah. plays. She, she's you know? got a type that she plays. Right, and so this she's very sexual with her sarcasm. Yeah. Um, and so her and Anthony Mackie end up like getting together, and it's just fucking that's hilarious. hilarious. Yeah. yeah. The only um, downside with this movie is Michael directed it really yeah well, but then again it was michael tell uh i haven't seen it so but from the commercials you couldn't tell because michael bay has always been blowing shit up yeah. i mean i don't know how much action is in this movie it's it gets it, pretty it does actually ha- it does towards have some the i mean end. he can only control himself so yeah. much it's, it's bay kind of a comedy yeah you know oh no I, that's um, what i gathered that it had a lot of because these guys were idiots right i mean and doing it so dwayne johnson got out of prison and like moved to florida um basically and he says like because i didn't have any warrants in florida <laughs> you know and so um he's at this gym looking for a job so mark Wahlberg hires him well, he's like this saved Christian and he's just not very bright and like he's very just like trusting. Rock. Yeah. Um, you know, just trusting and like just kind of believes whatever Mark Wahlberg tells him, you know. And so eventually the three of them hatch the plan that they're gonna kidnap Tony Shaloub mm-hmm. and like make him sign over all of his yeah. shit to them, you know, and that's what they and then do. Then he's going to live the high life. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like they do it all legally. Yeah. So like he must live alone. And they get away with it for a while, right? There's right. a good chunk of time where they're living with this guy's dough. Well, they um he ends up going to Ed Harris, and Ed Harris is a former detective who's kind of like a PI, but yeah. I'm retired. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? But like he sees what these people have done to uh, to Tony Shaloub. And so he kind of goes and starts investigating. Like he goes to the gym and takes like training lessons from Mark Wahlberg. He wants to bust the whole thing wide open, or he wants a cut. <laughs> well, he wants to bust it open. Okay, okay. You know um, no, what Ed Harris we're getting which, here? Which, which side he's coming from? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we get history of violence, Ed Harris, or <laughs> so. Um, then also Michael Rispoli is in it. Um, oh yeah, uh, Spider. Yeah, from, uh, Goodfellas. Yeah, oh. um, he and also uh, Grandma. Awesome. Uh, who is it? Michael Rispoli. Yeah, yeah. Grandma oh, you, from Rounders. From Rounders. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, I'm thinking uh, Imperiali. Yeah, you're, you're okay. talking. Uh, yeah, you're talking um, Moochie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so he plays a part in it as well. He's and big too, so. So they end up having to kill him and his girlfriend. And like, so it gets dark. Yeah, no, yeah. and, and That's yeah, cool. it gets dark, yeah. and like, the it's an rock, interesting like South Beach true story. The Rock ends up like strung out on cocaine, yeah, and I gotta like, check this movie out in South Beach. Nah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm, dude, it's it's a fat like it's it's slow in the beginning, but it just gains speed yeah, towards yeah. the end of the movie, and like. That's what happens when you give well, I Rock get, a bunch of coke. I, know, right? I almost <laughs> think of it when I had seen the trailers for it, and I haven't seen it, so it might not be. But I always got the impression that it was similar to like Burn After Reading, where it was just a oh, bunch yeah. of idiots trying to commit a crime that w- might work if they were intelligent enough to actually pull it off and not right. kind of be so exploitable. Right, and like there's, I mean, like they're buying cars or they're, they're doing whatever. And I, obviously, I would imagine the other guys at the gym uh, know that they don't have enough money to afford all the shit they're doing yeah. right yeah. um and so well i think eventually uh mark Wahlberg opens his own gym yeah um you and know like, no one's and, gonna look into where he's getting this exactly from. you know um and like it's uh, fun man yeah it was it was a really good movie you yeah, should check it out I'll definitely check it out all right dave what you got all right my last group in the true sense and it's music's the only music one i had to, uh, i had on <coughs> here but i wanted to put one on here 
and it's The Doors. Ah. Oh, good. I'm glad you picked this one, dude. This yeah. is such a great movie. Yeah. I haven't seen it in years, but I've you don't seen have it. To. Yeah. I've <laughs> seen, it seen it a dozen times. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. We used to watch this movie all the time. I've man. only seen it once or twice, honestly. Great back really I've good. probably mm. seen it 50, 60 times, maybe. I think my favorite scene is where he's walking with the naked Indian. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Do you like it in Wayne's World? Yeah. <laughs> Shit, that was Wayne's World. <laughs> <laughs> or is that Wayne's World 2? It was Wayne's yeah. <laughs> um, This is the movie that if you gave Oliver Stone one movie to make, yeah. he, I don't know if he would pick his war story over this. I think he wanted this badly. He wanted uh, the Maybe Platoon. Platoon was yeah. so personal to him. Because I, it was. He, he wanted Morrison to star in Platoon. So those things were so... The two most important things probably to Oliver Stone was his, his experience in Vietnam and The Doors. And The Doors. Mm-hmm. Because they, they kind of both went together with him. That's why he wanted Jim Morrison, how unlikely of a thing that would be. Uh, but if the... Um, that would be a weird movie. <laughs> he was long he dead captured, before that happened. I think huh? he captured The Doors Oh, absolutely. Perfectly. Absolutely. Like, I don't know if... I don't know how trans... Sedental uh, Oliver Stone is. I, I know he does a lot of mushrooms and he's a hippie. Yeah, he is very open about his drug use, but they were like '60s drugs. It wasn't anything like crazy. Like uh, the, <laughs> he's not today. running around on methamphetamine. <laughs> no, or he ain't bath doing salts. no bath salts <laughs> or, or crocodile. <laughs> he, he ain't chewing what someone's cheek off or something. Oh, you haven't heard about crocodile? Uh-uh. Oh, it's like the is. worst shit ever, dude. What like, does it do? Makes your skin get all scaly? No, it literally like Turns rots green. your flesh away. Ah, uh, it's like a rotting. Like, yeah, so like when a, when a crocodile takes you down to the bottom and leaves you under there, so you get soft and you become mm-hmm. nice and gooey that's what it does to you it's like it's like a it's super it's an injection yeah it's like a super synthetic cheap way of like making heroin Bad, and it literally it, it hooks you up like you know you get addicted to it and then you can't stop and your skin uh, eats itself no, away Just like necrosis <laughs> like it <laughs> kills the body like that's Just, dedication to your addiction yeah. no for though, real dude saying, it's man. terrible Just smoke man. better weed you know don't it started it. off in Russia and like yeah. it made its way here the last I heard it was like, if you're injecting anything you got problems one crocodile <laughs> uh, so, doors. Let's, let's talk <laughs> Val Kilmer. The genius about this is Val Kilmer. Mm-hmm. Val Kilmer. And tell the story. You tell it better than uh, I did. Val Kilmer had been in bands. He's a singer himself in his own right. And he approached Oliver Stone and said, I have recorded myself. I've got, I've got a disc or a, it was back when cassette, they were cassette yeah. tapes. Cassette tape. So the first side is Jim Morrison and the second side is me. I want you to listen to us. I want you to compare us and tell how close we are. And uh, you tell me if I'm right for this role. And Oliver Stone listened to it. He listened to the Morrison stuff. He listened to the uh, Val Kilmer stuff. He's like, this is fucking amazing. Val Kilmer is awesome at this. And Val Kilmer uh, came into the thing. And he says, I got news for you. They were all me. Yeah, none of those were Jim Morrison. That's so and he's awesome. like floored, and he's listening to it again, and he can't believe it. And he's like, "All right, well, you're fucking hired." Yeah, right. Uh, I mean, very similar to swing and pitch, yeah, home run. That's uh, so great. Very similar to Gary Busey's best role being uh, Buddy Holly. It's with Val Kilmer. It's always one of two roles is his best. People will argue it all day long that if it's The Doors or Tombstone. I mean, those are the two best roles Val Kilmer has ever done. Yeah, uh, and he's yeah. great in a lot, but those two are like next level. Cannot be compared. You cannot put another actor in there to do those two roles That's because true. they were so good. And yeah, I mean, he made this role. And uh, I had read a lot of The Doors. Uh, I read John Densmore's book, which was very interesting. Very yeah, interesting. talk about the other actors too. Uh, so yeah, um, we've got Robbie Krieger uh, was played by uh, was played by what's the his name with the Sharks dude. Yeah, uh, damn, what's his name? Paul think, uh, something? Not Paul. 
uh, the guy from uh, he was from the freshman and he was from career opportunities. This is a lizard arm. Pitch. Yeah, yeah, he was really good <laughs> in that. Uh, well, let's let's skip over him. John Densmore is played by Kevin Dillon, yep. who who is awesome. Uh, let me look here. No, 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 no. Oh, there, Frank Wally. Frank. Yeah, Frank Wally. Sorry, Frank. <laughs> <laughs> so John Densmore, I should be good other than that. John Densmore was played by Kevin Dillon, and then uh, Ray Manzarek was played by Kyle McLaughlin. All four of those guys nailed oh, each Oh, God, role. so good. They man. had a lot of footage to go by, so it was it, Yeah. It was I mean, they really did. And they all, except for Val Kilmer, the other three hung out with the real guys. Oh, yeah. Like, John true. Densmore yeah. was with John Densmore, and Robbie Krieger was helping Frank Wally learn, and this is how you play, and this is how I did this. So it, it, that kind of information has got to be invaluable, you Val know? Val Kilmer just went and did some peyote and was like, yeah. all right, I'm ready. I got this shit. <laughs> and usually uh, Oliver Stone has a freakout during one of his movies. I can I can pinpoint three or four from each of his movies that he had a freakout. The only time I... Uh, remember him talking about him freaking out during this one was over Meg Ryan. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, Meg Ryan, she uh, played Morrison's girlfriend, and yeah. she did a decent job she at did, it. She did uh, a decent job. Th- there was that great job at the Thanksgiving uh, scene, oh, which yeah. was awesome, where they were like throwing the turkey around, and Billy Idol was there, and it was just huh. uh, hilarious. But the scene where she had to be topless, she was uh, not free the way he wanted like the 60s she was supposed to be a hippie she was supposed to be a hippie she was really she should have been like just dancing around the apartment with no shirt on and been just like hanging the other out girl that he did coke with yeah well that's what he had said <laughs> uh kathleen quinlan okay uh what that he actually married in that like satanic kind of uh ceremony which was strange it was yeah. like a strange scene man but this was that type of movie uh that you almost felt like you were on drugs watching it. Yep. <laughs> you know? I, well, I think he's done that a couple of different oh, times. Oh, yeah. Uh, Natural Born Killers. Yep. Natural Born Killers, you can watch it and feel like you're tripping when you're not I liked, I liked the when uh, that raspy voice guy, their agent. Michael Rappaport. No, uh, uh, Michael Wincott. Michael Wincott discovers them. Yeah, he played... And he's uh, wanting to come down and make a record, and then he's, and the next scene, you're like, an, an album of music in six days. Like, yeah. they recorded their first album yep. with all the Light My Fire and all the hits in yep. six days. Yeah, that's yep. insane. That's crazy. Yeah. They only had, like, seven albums, too. And yeah. I and own them all. I own them all. Awesome. I loved every single one of them. And yeah. then they had even, like, a... There was one or two that were, like... Well, the American favorite. Prayer one had a lot of his poetry in it, but they were... Uh, they would kick in a it lot of the music of, in like, between it and everything but it was good i mean if you were just mellowing out at your house and you just put american prayer on i loved morrison hotel more than any of the yep. one and that's the one they don't play on the radio a lot it had peace frog on it and a lot of his uh, uh random ones on there maggie mcgill was on there uh damn i can't think of the other ones uh but i i went really deep with my doors kind of uh knowledge after the movie came out because it was so engaging i remember being in the theater watching the trailer for it when it came out and i was like well this movie's gonna be insane my girlfriend at the time uh took me on a bus in paris yeah in the rain and we went to the cemetery that's just outside or in the outside of paris and uh got a great picture yeah, you go computer. to the you go to the entrance, and it's just an old old like from the 1600s. 1500s. Probably like twenty famous people are buried there, right? And the yeah, and the gravestones are aren't in rows; they're just all, mixed all over the place. Together, yeah, yeah. And then these arrows pointing. Someone had spray painted arrows, and someone goes every day and keeps spray painting arrows. Oh well, 
to his grave and you go back there and there's always people there she says and they leave little trinkets and mm-hmm. and stuff and uh, it was pretty cool it was like That'd a little scooby it was yeah, like it was a little scooby doo Scooby-Doo dog and there was cigarettes yeah. someone had left some shot glass my girl had been to paris and she always says it's one of the places she wished she had gone so we're gonna go back yeah, so and, uh, it was, check out his grave yeah it was interesting it went all the way to the end of his life all the way when he died and the conspiracy is is his grave is rented no one ever they they pay monthly rent on his grave they didn't That's buy strange. the plot and people were like, that's a conspiracy theory that he oh. just, him and Elvis are hanging out somewhere yeah, with right. Marilyn Monroe drinking. And Tupac. Yeah, Tupac yeah. and Biggie. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they ain't sending his residuals to him. How can you afford that render? Yeah, it's an <laughs> exclusive <laughs> island. <laughs> oh, yeah. I wish I owned the Doors catalog. I bet you can make some money. Fuck yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> All right, my next one here. And this one, let me pull up their names because I, uh, I always want to say I'm wrong here. Wayne and Garth. Yeah, that's it. Wayne's Real 2. You're not going to tell me that was real. <laughs> Wayne Stock. <laughs> All right. So this movie. What you want to do is line 60 caliber machine <laughs> guns on here both sides of the stage. Here. <laughs> All right. Well, this movie, this is 2011, and this is Moneyball. Oh, the I story of Billy this. Bean. This, oh, you haven't seen this? No, oh, so good. I don't even know you what really it's like about. It. All right, well, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna educate you here. So it's Teach about me. Billy Bean and Peter Brand, and Billy Bean was the kind of uh, what GM for the Oakland Athletics. Yep. And the Oakland Athletics just got just had a great year. It starts at the very beginning. They just had a great year. They got knocked out in the playoffs, but they were. They had a, they were confident they had a great forward. They, they, were con- they wanted to get. But the problem was, people, is they were right? lo- losing Johnny Damon. They were losing Johnny Damon to the Red Sox. They uh, were losing. Good day. Uh, yeah, good day for us. <laughs> <laughs> they were losing Giambi. I think. Uh, I think they had Giambi, and they lost him. And they had. They were losing their big players. Mm-hmm. So, the the movie is about Billy Bean trying to figure out a way to actually compete in a world where they have the where they have journeyman two million dollars to spend on players when the Red Sox and the Yankees have one hundred eighty million dollars yeah. to spend. Yeah. That's the big problem in uh, sports, specifically all sports, but specifically Major League Baseball, yeah. where they don't have as big a pockets as the Red Sox and the Yankees. So, how yeah. are you going to compete when they're just getting all the big players? Right. So I feel bad if I wasn't such a Red Sox fan. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, yeah, I know. What, what, what really they, was they interesting. They should be able to spend money. <laughs> 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 I mean, I'm fine with I'm it. I really don't care. I mean, that's an argument. I have a wildly <laughs> different opinion. That's an argument to be made, but come on. Yeah. This movie was fascinating, though, because it took you into an area of sports that you had no familiarity with. You know, there weren't many movies that showed you the behind-the-scenes stuff of how it was going on. Uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman played the the head coach of the athlete wow. athletes at the time but it, you you got to realize that he had no fucking power whatsoever right the, the higher-ups were going to put the team together he was going to coach that team and he was going to do his best at right. it. so at the very beginning of the movie everyone's kind of depressed hey we're gonna uh we have to figure out how to do this they show brad pitt playing billy bean go into the meetings and it's a bunch of old white guys smoking cigars who have been doing looking it for 30 scouting years reports. they're looking Regular at scouting, scouting reports, reports and they're trying to do the same thing and then Brad Pitt, it's like, it's not going to work. We can't approach this. We just lost our two big players. Right now, we suck. We cannot compete. We have yeah. to do something different. And then people are trying to bust out with ideas, and he's they, they're not happy with Billy Bean because he's completely ignoring their 
their these are wishes. Guys and, that have been doing this, yeah, on instinct for. I mean, it, it's and, like this. You're about to happen. You're about to come to the cross section of technology. Yeah. I mean, this is where it, that type yeah. of stuff all started. So what happens is he is going to, and he does a couple deals on the phone. And he decides to go to Cleveland, and he's going to go talk with the Indians, and he's going to uh, go in there and to the meeting and say, we've got this player, this play, and this play to trade. If you give me this player and this player plus a hundred grand or something, whatever the money, that always comes with player and money, it seems like that. And while he's in the meeting, uh, the head uh, GM guy is uh, for the Indians is constantly looking at uh, what's his name? Now I forgot his name his character, uh, not his character. The Wolf of Wall but, Street dude? Yeah, the Wolf of Wall Street guy. The guy from Superbad. Seth, uh, uh, oh fuck, Jonah Hill. Jonah, Jonah Hill. Hill. Sorry. Thank you. Uh, so he plays <laughs> Peter Brand. Right. <laughs> so he plays Peter Brand, and he, uh, the GM, great. The, He's the, great. Yeah, he was awesome. He was nominated for an Oscar his for best this. Thing. Uh, it was definitely one of his best things he ever uh, did. So the GM for the uh, Indians, every time Brad Pitt is asking for a deal, he looks at Peter Brand, and Peter Brand will shake his head no, and uh, and they'll say, "Sorry, we can't do that player. Who, who's next?" And then he throws up a player. He looks at uh, Peter Brand. He shakes his head no. And the end of the meeting. So Brad Pitt immediately goes out to the cubicles where everyone, all the Indians kind of workers are. And he goes over to Jonah Hill's desk. And he's like, he's like, who are you? And he's like, I'm Peter Brand. <laughs> he says, yeah, but who are you? Why does he listen to you? Mm-hmm. He says, because you're, what happened in that meeting there? And he he eventually gets Jonah Hill to go outside with him. And he's mm. like, why does he listen to you? He says, because I, I do the numbers. I used to, uh, I went to like Harvard and this, and he's like, why are these players so important? He's like, well, he gets on base and everything. OBP, he said, man. He's like, and he's talking, yeah. he's like, what I'm going to tell you, it's not, uh, no one believes me. And it's a uh, thing that I believe in that the Indians won't believe me. They're doing the same thing your team is doing right now. They're, they're in the war room trying to figure everything out. Mm. He says, and what I want to do, he says, I want to play the numbers. He says, this player and this player, no one will even look at. He says, but when you look at their on-base percentage, they get on base, walks, uh, hit just singles, pitches, hit singles. by pitch. This guy gets on base 85% of the time. Wow, yeah. He's like, Johnny Damon's great. He'll hit the ball out, but he doesn't get on the base. He only gets on the base 30% of the time. Yeah, mm-hmm. he, And you put a superstar behind yeah. them yeah. Yeah. when you get somebody on base, yeah. that's how you win games. Absolutely. Uh, the only big player they had on this year was Dave Justice, who was famous in his heyday and already been behind him. He had been uh, Yankee uh, for a while, right? Yeah, and I think we, he had been with the, uh, the Yankees for a while. I never and, remember National League teams because we only play them a few times a year. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so he's – I love Brad Pitt's uh, – he's just <laughs> listening to him talk. He's like, you're a funny guy, Peter. You're a funny guy. And then he goes uh, He goes home and then when he gets home, he's in the athletics kind of organization and he makes a phone call to Jonah Hill and says uh, – He's getting on a plane. I just bought you from the Indians. Huh. Uh, and <laughs> wasn't he just an employee? How he was just an employee. Him? So he he comes in, and this was the best scene in the movie is where he sits in at the war room. And this is where Brad Pitt was going to tell everyone yeah. what's going to happen. And they're about to get And they're about to get reamed, and they're going to look at Jonah Hill and like, who is this guy? And they yeah. can say it several times. Who is this guy? Right. And he's like, that's Peter. You just listen to what he says. And he's throw- Brad Pitt's throwing names up on the board. And he's like, this guy got injured last year. He's like, he's working with a horrible ACL. And this guy's career is down. He says, this team you're putting together, and it's very Herb Brooks 
from like uh, the Miracle yeah. movie. This is the where, team. This that is the I'm team that together. we're gonna win, man. Yeah. Says, yeah. it, and it's a it's almost the same philosophy. I don't need the best guys. I need the right guys. Yeah. Right. And if you look at the numbers, this is what's going to happen. Yeah. And and this kind of fractured uh, the Major League Baseball oh. at that time. If you and they People, played a, purists that don't want. Yeah. To, if you can't rem, if you can't write it down on a piece of paper yeah. or remember it in your head. And they. Uh, they play a lot of the radio show host actual footage during the movie, uh-huh. and they're like, "What they're doing there is not baseball. This is not. Uh, this is a, and it doesn't work at first, you know. But then it starts working, yeah. and it starts working, and then there's one game, and then one it goes has to two games. One of my favorite scenes uh, of a movie in it. Oh, go tell us. One of my favorite scenes, and I can't even remember the whole scene. I just remember them going down to get the catcher. Yeah, to play oh, first base. Chris Pratt. Yeah, it was Chris Pratt. It was Chris Pratt. Yeah, that's right. And they go, and he's like, he doesn't. He's like, I don't think I can. He's like, I he was don't a think catcher. I can be a catcher anymore. My knees he, are. Blown he's like, you're catching, and they even tell him. He says, yeah, your catching yeah, days, your catching over. days are yeah, over. You're not going to be kind of confused. Anymore. Like, so why are you here? And he's like, we're gonna, we're gonna sign you to play first base. He's like, I never played first base. And he's like, ah, it's easy. He can teach you. And then the first base coach is like, it's not easy. <laughs> <laughs> it's super hard. <laughs> <laughs> and then they go on to Scott something. Uh, he's famous if you if he. Looked yeah. up what character yeah, it was, yeah. but he went on and played a few more years as a first baseman. Yeah. So do they do like the preseason and like you know as far as all the uh, the, the players and everything like they that jump goes forward into the signing pretty good. and yeah. then they go, they go the through season. the season. No, yeah. they jump into the season. Oh, they quick. jump into the season pretty quick because the the whole <laughs> meat of the movie is the the monumental run they go on. They start uh-huh. going. They win twenty games yeah. in a row. And that was, oh, no wow. other team had no ever team, uh, won yeah. twenty games. Or it had been like nineteen. 26 was the last time someone And I don't think it's been broken since. I don't think it's been broken. I think it's still going on. And people were wondering if they were going all the way. They didn't go all the way, but it was kind of that Rocky mentality. Yeah. It it didn't matter that they didn't go all the way. They won 20 games. They win 20 games. In the modern era, win 20 games is difficult, man. Super difficult. Especially in the division they play in. And with guys that are constantly getting overlooked. And and that is a problem with the Major League. There are a lot of good players out there. They call them like warrior players or are. And these players. Robert Cano's of the world. Yeah. Or like. <laughs> uh, it, from old school Red Sox, like Bob Stanley oh, no, or no. Marty Barrett, those the, two guys. Who's the second? Uh, the second baseman, the guy was Marty Barrett. Forever. No, 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 modern time. Oh, Dustin modern time. Oh, Pedroia. Yeah, they, there's tons of baseball players. Justin's like looking. <laughs> you around know all like, these people? What? No, I don't. I was just finding. I, I was just gonna be like Nolan Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> Nolan Ryan. <laughs> Are you a baseball fan? You? Uh, nah. And see, like, you don't have to be a baseball fan to like good sports. I do movies. like so, Nolan yeah, Ryan, and, and, and you know how it is not being a. Uh, a fan of all sports that sports movies do have a oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't I don't dislike baseball I just never followed it I'll watch you know? if I don't know shit about lacrosse but if they made a lacrosse movie that people were like this is a great sports movie I'm there day one watching know, it and here's a funny fact our cousin uh, Steve Haggerty is the mayor of Evingston mm-hmm. I read a newspaper article of researching him he sued the city of Attleboro to let him play on the girls lacrosse team oh really as a goalie because they didn't have a men's lacrosse team and he wanted to play lacrosse, huh. and he won. This was <laughs> back in the day? Yeah, yeah I don't even remember that. Back in the day, that. in high huh. school. That's crazy. I wonder if he used that on his platform, too. This is Maybe. how progressive I am. Yeah, I would, I know, right? I'd throw that right out there. Yeah. Shit, <laughs> I imagine playing goalie in lacrosse can be fucking painful, dude. Yeah. Oh, hell no. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, hell yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, Moneyball, man. And, and just to see an amazing uh, Brad Pitt performance. Brad Pitt's so fucking good, man. He's so good. He's so good. And this is one of those movies that... 
when he can come in, and it's very too. low key for him. But just to watch his reaction to thing and how he's talking to people and everything, it's one of my favorite Brad Pitt roles that it, it he's done. Man. Similar to the draft Big Short day. is probably my it, favorite. It's part. a good draft day. Draft day mm-hmm. was decent, you know, but yeah. it was this was so much better. I know it won yeah. awards. Oh yeah, remember it, it, it was really really good. I would recommend anybody that likes baseball doesn't like baseball but just likes good movies on that. All right, Justin, what's your next one there? All right. Um, so this is actually another Anthony Mackie movie. Um, well, he's in it. Uh, Eight Mile. Eight Mile. I haven't seen this movie it's since the theater, man. Time. It was good. No, I mean, it was, this it was, was a huge. really good when movie. This movie came out, everyone wanted to go see it, man. Yeah, and I mean, now, it wasn't like officially he wasn't Marshall yeah. Mathers in the movie. But yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It, but you know, it was inspired by his yeah. kind of life. We get. Um, and I mean, I've, it gave me a good what, insight. did he embellish? What's that? Did he embellish I don't anything? think he embellished anything. He just didn't make the movie about himself. Yeah. You know, okay. um, because like his friends that he hung out with. Um, he like, probably wanted to kind of uh, add more. You, it allows you to add more drama where there's not necessarily there. But I mean, we all knew it was about Eminem. Right. You know? Yeah. Like, I don't I don't think that uh, Brittany Murphy's character was a real person. Oh, really? I thought she was. I thought uh, that was one of the ones that uh, was real. The, the mother character and her, I thought, were kind of. Oh, to be maybe similar. she was supposed to be Kim. I, oh, I maybe if that's what Kim it was supposed to be. Yeah, I think she. Name, I think like he just Haley, changed Haley, her name. Haley, Haley, but he didn't. They weren't in this yet. This wasn't up to that yeah. point. This I kind of thought that yeah. she was inspired by his uh, wife. They just could be. Hated, hated I don't remember this movie. At all. Yeah, well, Kim good. Basinger played that, his mom. She was the big star to come out of this. People, I remember that was her resurgence, and I didn't really come to much after that. We thought, no, we yeah, thought, but Kim did, Basinger was going to nail it. She and did everything. great, though. Yeah, she did great. I love Kim Basinger. She doesn't do enough shit. When's the last Kim Basinger movie you can even name? Other uh, than that, Informers, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. That's probably it. That, that's probably um, it. Yeah, and so, but also like the people that he was hanging out in the movie with um, was the in real life it was the group D twelve. Yeah. Because um, he kind of brought them on after he made it, um, and I mean this was just kind of like what his life was like before he yeah. got big and you know went to me and it wasn't even like he didn't even get signed to this point you know it this was, was all in detroit too yeah this yeah. is it i mean he was you know working the eight line at a, it had a yeah, <laughs> yeah it had a great it like an eight mile stretch of it's almost so eight mile is a road in detroit that like separates the class systems you yeah, know eight miles. yeah um and like you know there's a freestyle battle where one of them's like you know somebody better go and take your ass and walk back cross eight mile or yeah. something you know it's it's interesting when they do a movie in detroit it's almost like the filmmakers have all gotten together and agree that we'll all use this blue filter yeah. and yeah. almost every movie That's you'll true. see in detroit has that blue filter or Narc. maybe it's just filming there has that look no matter yeah. what <laughs> yeah, exactly right you know? it's detroit <laughs> it's, you can really tell a new york uh or a new york a detroit film this was a good one. Any stuff. Yeah, lots of Bob Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I mean, it, and he worked, what was it, a steel thing he worked at? Um, I mean, they had him working like the line. like flash dance there? Yeah. They had him <laughs> working the line at a, um, at a car dealer or a car manufacturer. Oh, is that thing. what it was? Yeah. yeah. I knew he had some blue collar job like that. Yeah. Um, and I mean, you know, this, like, basically what happens is. I mean, he's is, a good story. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, and he's a, a lyrical genius. Yeah. Like, I mean, he's. He was he at that level? Oh yeah, dude. Oh, yeah, he's yeah. he's one of the best yeah, lyricists yeah, yeah. of all time. Like it's got nothing to do with like how hard he is or how real he is or anything like that. Like his lyrical content is just amazing. That song like, that he came out with uh with uh, Dr. Dre when he was dressed like Robin in the video was one of my oh, favorite yeah. things that he ever did. Yeah. It was so great. I listened to that album a lot actually. Um and so like 
he's going to go and do like a freestyle battle contest at like, you know, the most popular club, uh, you know, in the city, wherever they're doing this at the time in Detroit. Um, and he goes and like, everybody knows how good he is, but he's like afraid, you know, and he goes up there and the first guy that battles against him, like he's so nervous, he can't even say anything back, you know, and he just gets fucking pretty nervous. Yeah. He just gets fucking booed off stage, you know? And so from that point, like everybody just kind of like, not his friends, but everybody else. Like there's this group called the free world and that's who Anthony Mackie, he plays Papa doc. Mm -hmm. Um, and he's like the leader of the free world group. Um, and so like, they like hassle him all the time. And, uh, I forget the guy's name that plays Cheddar Bob that shoots himself in the leg. Evan Jones. Um, Cheddar Bob. Cheddar Bob. Because um, he's cheesy? I, I don't know. I guess so. He's not all there, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> His cheddar done slipped off the crack. Yeah, yeah for real. Um, you know, and so it's just kind of like that's this section of his life, and eventually he goes back and... Um, you know, he battles against the, all the guys from the free world and he just fucking destroys them all. And like, dude, it's just a super good, like entertaining well, movie. What was good at, beyond that, that stuff too, was the, the underlying stuff that he was going on with his mother too. Oh yeah, absolutely. His, his mother was like a re real bitch and just like, she had to play kind of mean and nasty through this whole um, thing. Michael Shannon was her boyfriend. Oh really? Yeah. I can't picture mm. that. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. I had... Michael Shannon must not have been huge back then, too. That must have been early, early on in his career, too. Probably. Yeah. yeah I know he had Jin Jesus' son was, I think, the first thing I saw him in, and I bet Eight Mile was right afterwards or right before it. Mm -hmm. And Brittany Murphy was a great in this, too. But Brittany yeah. Murphy almost always played that similar character. Yeah. You can almost snatch her character out of this and throw it in Sin City and throw it in Spun. Yeah. And it, she always kind of played that... Uh, I don't know that that very, person's life who took came to that crossroads and went down the wrong road. Very far from clueless. Yeah, <laughs> I almost forget she was in clueless. Yeah, yeah. She was more the so girl. in Girl Interrupted. She was the new girl that Alicia Silverstone yeah. kind of like adopted. Sure. And, yeah, she had like dark hair. It almost didn't even look like her. Yeah, not until like uh, Girl Interrupted did she show her. I can play fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, super good movie, super entertaining. Yeah, he was good in it too. You know, he w wasn't an actor going in there to come in and play this, but yeah. no one can out, uh, spout those lyrics like he can. <laughs> yeah, so. no kidding. And I mean, I, I I couldn't see him playing some other role. Yeah, like, the, the interview. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, that was the other thing I remember him. Oh, in. I can't remember so him funny. Else. Oh my god, when no. he played himself, we the talked movie, about that before. Yeah, the movie. Oh, the interview. Yeah, the movie yeah. interview. Yeah. <laughs> really funny in it. Yeah, eight mile. It's a good one. All right, Dave. This one's not as upbeat. <laughs> um, this is one of the top ten best acting performances of all time. Wow. And it's Philip Seymour Hoffman playing oh, yeah. Capote. Oh, yeah. Mm. He won the Oscar for it. I never saw this. Transformed oh. himself. Yeah. But you wouldn't even you know wouldn't. it was him. Yeah. You and wouldn't I, even know it was I him. Seen I Truman saw Capote. pieces of it because I know how he talked and he spoke yeah. and he walked. And Capote and, was and, such I remember a him going yeah. to the prison to and visit And there was a the lot guy. of video and uh, footage that Philip Seymour Hoffman, very similar to like Val Kilmer, could yeah. watch. Jim I mean, Morrison. that's a... That helps. Treasure trove. To we be grew able up to watching right. that uh, that murder by death with Truman Capote on yep. it, and it was like it was the exact same person. You know, oh. he didn't do anything other than Truman Capote, that soft spoken kind yeah. of weird guy at the party. Yep, and, but uh, weirdly fascinating Hoffman. at the same time. I mean, arguably, I I love. Did you read this book? Uh, in Cold Blood. Oh, In Cold Blood. Yes. Yeah. This and, is one that I have read. Yeah. And uh, but I I love. <laughs> He's read a lot more. When I think <laughs> of uh, 
Truman Capone. I think of Philip Seymour Hoffman. There's two roles I always go to that I thought were phenomenal. Maybe even three. The Boogie Nights role, Capote, and The Master. He was unbelievably yeah. in The Master yeah. also. The Master took to- uh, two times watching for me to like it. Ah, uh, so good. I didn't really like it the first really time. Really good. Super slow. Uh, but that's when Joaquin turned the corner, mm-hmm. too, when you got to see No, him. I liked it the second time. You can't have the Joker without The Master. Yeah, that, that's for sure. Definitely. Uh, but uh, yeah, tell us some Seymour Seymour Hoffman. Well, he was best friends with Harper uh, Lee. With Harper Lee, yeah. played beautifully the kill, by the Kill a uh, Mockingbird, right? Yeah, uh, that I have played beautifully by what's oh. her name from uh, King John Malkovich, Keener? No. Uh, Catherine Keener. Catherine Keener. Yep, and they were like best friends. A lot of people don't realize that Harper Lee yeah. and Truman Capote were like best friends. So basically, the this family out in like Iowa, Nebraska, something is murdered. Yeah, for. Family members the like a Clutter family. Is yeah, it? yeah, sounds familiar. The Clutter family was murdered. And uh, it had gotten into the New York Times mm-hmm. in a story, and Capote read it and yeah. was fascinated by it. He's like, and gathered up Harper Lee and well, said, yeah, "Didn't this- he think that the guy was innocent? Yeah, or he wasn't sure. Or the no, guy was claiming I, innocence. No, I don't. I don't think it was innocence. He I, was claiming his other partner did all the did killing. all the killing. Yeah. Uh huh. And and the guy he the guy up. he interviewed was the guy from Traffic. Traffic, right? Uh, he the, interviewed the other guy. Yeah, and I can't remember. Wh- he was big He's too. Famous. He was famous too. I think it's but the, uh, mainly it was him and the main guy. Yeah, because uh, I think the other guy gave him up and he got the death sentence. Yeah, and the other guy just got life in prison or something like that. He really felt, and I think there is even a line in the movie where he says it that it was like me and this guy could have grown up in the same house and it's like I left the front door and he left the back door and uh, we've just lived different types of lives and this is where his life went. And he was very interested to talk to him when he did. Yeah, uh, Clifton Collins Jr. was uh, one of the killers and then the other one was, uh, who else? Yeah, Mark uh, Pellegrino, who's really good. He was in Lost and uh, some of the other actors in this. Chris Cooper was in it. Bruce Greenwood, Bob Balaban. Uh, really? You remember Chris Cooper's role, right? I can't. He was like the homophobic sheriff of the town. Oh, really? And He's but his perfect. wife, but his <laughs> wife loved uh, his book. Oh, really? Or her book, or something. The wife loved him, yeah. And so he brought him over to dinner, and he's openly gay, yeah. And the it was the sheriff was very. If you watch it, you, Chris Cooper plays it perfectly. Yeah, like yeah. he finally accepts him for who he is. But <laughs> it it like, sucks to say that Chris Cooper plays that role great, but he does. He, does. <laughs> he plays, <that laughs> he plays a racist really well, yeah. <laughs> or just a bigot altogether. I mean, it, it was. It's a fascinating story. He's a fascinating person, it, and he nailed the role. Yeah, it was it, really interesting to see it's a filmed lot of beautifully. A, some of the stuff that was the most interesting to me is uh, not only the stuff where he's at parties talking to people yeah. uh, because he had he's some serious socialite. he had some serious drug addictions too. Was it alcohol or was it he, something else? It was alcohol. They didn't, I don't think they showed any other yeah. drug use. But he was alcohol. drunk a lot in it, and you could tell that he was very introspective about different stuff that happened in his life. You got to see a lot of the great stuff with him and uh, Harper Lee, yeah. where the, and they were both in the middle of releasing their biggest books yeah. of their life. Mm-hmm. Harper Lee was about to uh, release uh, To Kill a Mockingbird, and Truman Capote was about to do Capote never finished another book after that. Uh, when was... Uh, wasn't Breakfast at Tiffany's... He did Breakfast at Tiffany's, though, I didn't it? Was so. that before In Cold Blood, I yeah, think? Mm-hmm. Maybe that was in Cold Blood yeah. uh, before that. So uh, it, he, was a, he was a New York socialite, for yeah. sure, in Andy Warhol. Andy Horwall also in uh, Warhol. How did Capote die? Tomato soup. Nor- Norwall. Norwall. <laughs> How did Capote die? Do we remember? Uh, I'm gonna look it up here. A broken heart. So, <laughs> so um, probably heart attack. Was there something about him having a white wallet? Like, I've Ooh, heard, I don't know. I've heard something about like he carried around a white wallet. I don't know why. why that, I don't know why that was supposed to be something significant, but like, it's like wearing a white belt. 
I remember I used to have, so, you know, since since he's looking this up, I used to have a wallet that was made of cowhide, but it still had the fur on it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I've seen that. It was pretty neat. I kept it. Do you ever have a chain wallet? I didn't ever have a chain wallet. Yeah. That's probably why we're friends. (laughs) 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 I knew you'd like them, Clark. (laughs) (laughs) You know I do? I do, Eddie. (laughs) Uh, so, Truman Capote died at the age of 59. He died in 84. It was liver disease complicated yeah, by phobitis f- f- and multiple drug intoxication. So, yeah, he basically drank himself to death. He, he did have some demons, and they showed glimpses demons. of that. I think that's what made him Yeah, so that's the problem with artists, man. Crazy you know, a lot good of people as have demons, and they kind of... I mean, look at the, the other guy that I won a book that I love that I can't relate to in one tiny bit. Is that uh, Junkie by William yeah, S. Burroughs? Yeah, William S. Burroughs. It's I a, can't relate to anything in that book, and it's fascinating. Yeah, it's fascinating. Shot his wife in the head. <laughs> I mean, he shot his wife in the head. But wow. he would just talk about what they had to do each day oh, yeah. when he woke up, what they had to score, or what they did Drugstore score. Drugstore Cowboy. Drugstore Cowboy is basically William S. Burroughs' life for, a, yeah. uh, for longer just, than that movie took place. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for years and years and years. And he was an amazing writer that just kind of put that stuff down uh, and then... But yeah. tortured soul. Tortured soul, for sure. That was Truman Capote's kind of uh, deal, too. All right, this next one. This is somewhat modern. This is 2015, and I absolutely love this movie. And I had, uh, I didn't see it in the theater. I wish I had seen it in the theater. I just had known it was three hours, and uh, I didn't have the time when it came out in 2015. But then I went back and watched it right when it came out on HBO, and I immediately uh, ordered the DVD because I loved it, and I've seen it a few times since. It's 2015, straight out of Compton. Oh, hell oh yeah. yeah. Man. This was such a great movie. Yeah. You, I only saw it once or twice, but yeah. it was fucking great. Oh, man, it was so good. And what was great about this movie is the actors in it. They, the actors in it were unfreaking Ice Cube's son Ice Cube's son playing Ice Cube. Playing like, Ice Cube. That was pretty cool. fucking was, great, what was The guy that. playing Easy e was great. Yeah. Yeah, I got it pulled up here. They were all great. Yeah. So O'Shea, uh, O'Shea Jackson Jr. is Ice Cube's son in real life. I don't know why. I guess you can't go Cube Jr. Little Cube. Yeah. Little Cube. Yeah. 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 Crushed Cube. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Corey Hawkins played Dr. Dre and he was unbelievable as Dr. Dre Uh, Jason Mitchell played Easy e and he was so good as uh, Easy e uh, one of the uh, better person is the guy who played Jerry Heller. Jerry Heller played uh, Paul Giamatti. Uh, was played by Paul Giamatti. He was playing Paul Giamatti? Yeah, I didn't know Paul Giamatti yeah. discovered them. So Heller was... In, and this was obviously the story of NWA, the how the group was formed, and then how it broke up, and how all these artists kind of went on to do their individual the crazy uh, time, stories. Though, when they started. It was amazing time period for hip hop, for uh, for was it? gangster year? rap. I say with quotes. L.A. in the, in the uh, late nineties, mid. No, it was New York. I mean, uh, late eighties. It no. was always uh, not uh, New York. It was L.A. Uh, L- well, L.A. was Compton. Yeah. Compton. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was uh, it was in Compton, obviously yeah. straight out Compton. Yeah. Well, I say L.A., but I mean, it was. Like, the during LA the yeah, yeah, yeah. during the same time, rap was going on in New York. Nor- New York was dealing with uh, with uh, Puff Daddy yeah. and uh, what's his name Tupac before he went to L.A. And that's kind of where the feud really started. Is when, it, when it looked trips, like the right? I mean, looked the, like the L.A. The crew was poaching the New York crew, but the, uh, it was rightfully like gang, so heavily gang influenced. Oh yeah, heavily gang influenced. Bloods and Crips. Uh, Bloods and Crips. Well, no. What NW- would you be, Justin? N- N- NWA was, they came out in the late uh, 80s, basically, and uh, the Tupac and Biggie beef came, like, years after they did. Well, that was in they the movie. St- that, that was 
was the half the movie was that. Really? Uh, yeah, oh yeah. Uh. Uh, because remember they, but they it brought spanned it over. over quite a, the movie was the movie spanned over, over a, a good uh, yeah. seven eight years maybe. It okay. wasn't a whole uh, lot, but it definitely because they brought Tupac in. There was a great scene where they're playing California Love for him. Hmm. And what was great about th- that song was a basic slap I at him was in good. the face to to Puff Daddy mm-hmm. uh, over in New York. They right. were it, basically in the song. It's great in L.A. I I yeah. I'm not hamstringed with my lyrics and everything. It was a straight up more east coast or more west coast west coast i was always more of a big fan uh east coast i always like sorry i don't know that i live down here in the south my whole life (laughs) i would imagine but hey people yeah i always liked west coast i always liked nwa uh Mm -hmm. me and my cousin listened to a lot of nwa when we were growing up and uh even when ice cube (laughs) was easy listening uh ice cube (laughs) split it was even better we loved ice cube by himself we Mm -hmm. loved dre when dre came out with the chronic and then obviously when tupac came over and he did the california love and uh then went on and did his own thing you got to see snoop dogg snoop dogg came out of the uh the la crowd cypress hill uh uh, cypress hill wasn't really involved with them but but they were but they were west coast they were more of a different kind of if you're out there hit me up (laughs) 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 so this started uh, straight on man at the very beginning of kind of their life when they all kind of connected with each other and they were just kind of famous within the city itself you know isn't that how it usually is though yeah for a rapper it it kind of is in when you by the time you've broken out nationally, you've probably been big in your city. Yeah, pre internet. Yeah. Like now, yeah. now, now it doesn't go, matter. Now you can blow up overnight. Yeah. Well, in the uh, Giamatti came up and he approached Easy E, and it was a very customado kind of relationship that he had with Tyson. Mm-hmm. The Giamatti character was basically the father figure that Easy E didn't have, and no matter what happened, he would not. Uh, and basically, the Giamatti character kind of ended up being the one to break the band up. Yeah. Because uh easy e would not let him go he would he had so much kind of uh for some reason like uh, nobody else wanted him to be there anymore. no uh, that's why cube left he's like it's either jerry or me and then he didn't even wait for like easy's kind of answer to it he's like i'm gone i'm gonna do my own thing i can't live under these rules because jerry was he made out okay jerry was kind of a yeah. swindler he wasn't really he did have the band's best interest in mind he just but kind of oversell what own. he was capable of doing so he was screwing that's everybody he was screwing cube <laughs> out of a lot of money yeah and ice cube was saying you no. need to pay me yeah. these are my lyrics these, i remember I'm, that yeah. i'm putting this out here and you're not giving me what I uh, want. And then he's he's telling uh, Easy, he's like, man, you got to get out of that Jerry thing, man. He, he's, a, he's pulling you down. He's holding you down. And even when, uh, uh, after a while, Dre realized it. And then Dre went with, uh, what's that big crazy-ass producer? Suge Knight. Suge, Suge Knight. Knight. Yeah. So he went with Suge Knight, and they started the, uh, Death, Row uh, Death Row Records. Yeah. And it, it, it changed things, but it also, you and got to West see... Coast. Yes, yeah. West Coast. Yeah, I and know more about West Coast. That's West when Coast. Uh, Ice Cube was already out of the out of the picture, doing his own thing. By the time Death Row Records started, Death Row Records brought in Snoop Dogg. They brought in uh, uh, Tupac, and shit started getting crazy. Right when Dre was really getting serious as a producer, he was yeah. almost more famous as a producer than he was. No, in shit, stuff. the Chronic and I the mean, Chronic two thousand one are it. two of my favorite fucking but, albums. But, but of that's all like time. all he did, other than the NWA DJing stuff. Yeah. Stuff. Other than that, he was just producing other stuff. He produced. He he would come and do California Love, like with, uh, and he would put his uh, voice in Sound there, kind of well, like he how, signed Eminem. Yeah, and yeah, that, and it, you know, dealt like, with Eminem. He was a great. This is Dre. Uh, yeah, this yeah. is Dre. Dre was a great guy to. Uh, he was a great producer. I mean, he was an amazing producer. He could spot talent, and he puts talent out there. And it was very similar to like how 
what uh very good what well no like even like artists today how cardi b doesn't just do her own stuff you know she is on everyone else's song yeah just putting her stuff in there that's what's what dre her, uh, was doing at the back the other the other girl name? the one that said she's retiring yeah oh what's her name i can't think of her name damn she the other girl is very similar to Cardi B. They, get in, they got in a fight. Uh, Nicki Minaj. Nicki Minaj. Nicki Minaj. Yeah, yeah. She used to she, go on everybody's album. Oh, yeah. I would hear her. I was like, how many songs is this girl putting out? And they're like, she was the best part of those songs, yeah. though, to me. Uh, she did. She was almost like the female Ludacris, where she went and she just had quick step vocals. I, I don't know if that's a terrible analogy, but I just liked her stringing words. Oh, together I loved it. Yeah. She was awesome. Yeah. I love rap and I love hip hop, man. My wife likes it a lot, so we, but I was into a lot of the, like, the NWA. Back in the day, I also loved uh, Ice T with Body Count. Mm-hmm. That was right up my alley because mm-hmm. it was like oh. rap and heavy metal put together big time. Two of your favorites, uh, probably. Oh God, man, I love Cop Killer. Then they only had really two albums that were really great, but they were awesome. Uh, so you got to see a lot of the stuff. You got to see a lot of uh, Suge Knight being a crazy motherfucker, and mm-hmm. then it was a great scene where Corey Hawkins playing. Uh, playing Dre had to come out and said this shit has to end he was having people at the party they were shooting in the fucking thing yeah. there were uh, people having sex in the corner there were drugs being done he says I got uh, fucking Tupac in the next room and we're laying down a track while you guys are out here fucking around and he yeah. has to like really kind of put it down and some it kind of all takes us down and some people about the music it, it was an amazing this really was like Goodfellas for the kind of uh, gangster rap kind of origin story of how these guys came in it, and it had a kind of a, uh, a really sad ending because it, it ended with uh, with Easy E coming down with AIDS. Yeah, and it he was one of the first kind of this is where uh, he was one of the uh, first kind of pioneer celebrities that had gotten it too. So especially straight male. Yep, straight, straight male got it male. from yeah. uh, just straight sex. He, I don't. He wasn't doing like uh, he wasn't sharing needles or anything. So, and you got to see it happen, and uh, it was sad. You know, he kind of reconnected with uh, the guys uh, at some point, but that time had. There was that time where they were all together that was never recreated. You know, it yeah. wasn't like certain bands that get back together and they kind of can. It's make almost things work. never the same. It's never. It yeah. is never the same. And even now, I hear. Uh, I heard somebody talking about a, a, a Guns N' Roses concert they saw. They said it's. It, what's interesting about it is you can see. Uh, Flashes of themselves. Well, the only people that don't get along is Axel and Slash. They don't even go on the same. When one person goes on one side of the stage, the other person goes on the other. Wow. There is They're probably no, friends behind the scenes. No, like, they hate each other. No, they hate each other. And, uh, they realistically hate wouldn't each it, other. But they're fake. to be tied to somebody you hated that oh, yeah. had to see them. Well, what's yeah. interesting and what <laughs> makes it, like, yes. <laughs> what makes it so obvious when you're watching them in concert is Slash is, is super friendly with Duff and... Uh, uh, Axel is super friendly with the other guy and everything. Hey, and they're just not friendly with each other. When that's your fucking job, though, yeah. you be professional yeah, you and you do what you got to do I mean, and you make your money. Go do something else. And yeah. None of them were doing great. I mean, arguably, Slash could play with anybody you ever wanted yeah. to. They said there wasn't that. A lot of people are saying there wasn't that kind of camaraderie, but it didn't really affect the music. It really, sh- they really should have done that with Van Halen. Eddie should have stayed on the other end and uh, David Lee Roth on one end because of those big heads, man, they just kind of collide. So yeah, straight out Compton. If you got the three hours and uh, uh, or two forty five, I think it was. It's absolutely worth it. Really fascinating story. Twenty fifteen. Hell yeah. Well, uh, I'm gonna throw a curveball at you. Oh, staff. You changed yes, something on the spot. I did right now. Um, I'm gonna you go. Know with... The Smurfs aren't real, right? Fuck. 
Man, why are you always killing my shit, dog? I was really, man, damn it, fine. Um, so I'm going to go with. Uh, they smell real, though. Ask yeah. Paul. Yeah. <laughs> I say they smell real. I say they smell good. <laughs> well, if they smell good, it has to be real. Uh, that's good shit. Uh, no, I'm going to go with Notorious. Nope, nope. Notorious. Oh, well, not that one. Yeah. That the Duran Duran one? Duran one? <laughs> no. This is the B.I.G. one, right? Um, yeah, absolutely. I've seen this one. Christopher Wallace. Yeah. This was a really this good movie. Good. Um, and it de- it got into some of the, the you know, the Tupac stuff, you know, towards the end. But for the most part, it was about his life and him growing up. Nice. Um, and I'll tell you, one of my favorite scenes is actually in the very beginning. He's in class and, you know, he's just cutting up in class, being a fucking clown or whatever. And the teacher basically calls him out. And she says, like, look, if, you know, if you don't start, you know, doing something, you're going to end up being a garbage man for the rest of your life, you know. Um, And that kind of pisses him off or whatever, you know, and he goes home and um, it's great. Like, (laughs) before he goes to school, he dresses one way. And then on the way to school, he puts on, like, all these watches and chains and all this shit, you know, because I'm pretty sure Angela Bassett's his mom. I have to yeah, look I'm that up. Yeah, I'm looking up in real life. This has <laughs> now become the Anthony Mackie Bat pod. Uh, yeah, absolutely, <laughs> yeah, dude. He's in this, he plays, yeah, he he plays, plays Tupac. Tupac. Yeah. Oh, he's great. Man, um, that, the guys from Strayer Compton, I had, hadn't mentioned it, but the, those guys that played Tupac and uh, Snoop were so good. The guy who plays Snoop is the guy from, uh, from damn, uh, what's the Get Out? He was the one that they turned kind of, uh, oh, they yeah, brainwashed yeah, yeah, first. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The, the grandfather guy. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is Angela Bassett. Um, and so, you know, the teacher gives him like a hard time or whatever. And so he goes home and the next day he's uh, talking to his mom before she leaves for work and he leaves for school. And he's like, hey, mom, by the way, how much does a, a garbage band make? And she goes, uh, you know, like forty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000, something like that. Um, and so he goes back to class and... The teacher starts picking on him again, and he goes, you know, I went home, and I asked my mom what a garbage man makes, and she told me it was about forty to $50,000, and he said, you know, a teacher only makes thirty dollars to $35,000, <laughs> so even if I went and became a garbage man, I'd still make more money than you, and she was just like, get out of my class. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, and I mean, so this was honestly, I mean... Big sold drug. I mean, you know, most of these guys did. They hustled. That's what gangster rap was. You know what I mean? Like, it was real shit. And uh, so this was a lot of him, like, hustling crack and, uh, you know, doing what he needed to do in order to be able to, you know, get money. Yeah. Um, There's few people that can, are, that are, seem like they're in the game that don't. Jay Z was another one. Jay Z Uh, was fucking. Ice Cube did not. Ice Cube and Dre were kind of the kind of uh, anomaly for that kind of thing. They didn't really do it. But uh, everyone else seems to. Um, Yeah, no, Jay Z, he sold a lot of powder um allegedly, allegedly. Uh, don't come after me jay-z um yeah and so calling us i know right <laughs> dave's already waiting for snoop dogg don't make me send up. my sister <laughs> solange um yeah and so like i mean this was about him hustling and then also like and you can find it on youtube like videos of him rapping on the corner doing freestyle battles mm. in new york That's you know awesome. and like I mean, that's where you develop your craft. Really. Absolutely. You know, and so he was always walking around just like rapping and shit. And like, you know, the same way people had gang territory, they had like champs by blocks, you know, as far as like the freestyles went. And like, he was just destroying everyone in the mm-hmm. city, you know? And like, so then it's, you know, Puffy's in there and Mace is in there. Lil' Kim is in there. And it's like, 
their whole dynamic because that was Bad Boy Records. Yeah, you know? it was basically um, the East Coast version of what Straight Outta Compton. Yeah, was doing. I yeah. think the time period was a little different. Uh, they, this this one happened end, a little earlier. Notorious came out first. Uh, it ended with him. No, not, I meant in real yeah. life. In real life, I think uh, the Straight Outta Compton stuff was happening before the BIG. Oh, oh, oh! I'm sorry. I thought yeah. you meant release. Yeah, I think yeah, it was yeah, like definitely a, uh, because you said they do go in through a little Tupac before he goes to uh, things. Right, so there yeah. was a little bit of an overlap there. Right. They get Tupac to go over. <laughs> Money. <laughs> uh, well, well, any thought Puffy had put a hit on him. Tup- Tupac got um, arrested, and I think it was on like uh, attempted weapons murder center. charge or weapons or he something. He really like that. thinks Puffy tried to fucking have a. I, dude, I think Puffy had something to do with Biggie getting killed. I think Puffy uh, kind of might have masterminded the whole fucking thing. Yeah. Um, but that's just. Me. I. We're satire, satirizing this. I have a wildly different opinion. Once again. <laughs> yeah, if they can get yeah. to him, they can get to you. Oh, I should. I should. No problem. Nobody will even know I disappeared. Fascinated with films? What? Yeah, I know, right? Um, yeah, and so this was also like how Bad Boy, you know, was formed and everything like that, and like. It's just, it's a great, great movie. When you did know. the scene where Butters was in front of the mirror going, Biggie Smalls, <laughs> Biggie Smalls? <laughs> what did that he, I think he, it was just like, to, he just wanted to get to that damn <laughs> party. party, and they kept calling him back. I know, uh, I'm pretty sure it was somewhere like 50-minute mark, something like that. Oh, Butters. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> But yeah, um, I had never seen this one, and I love Stray Compton, so it'd be interesting to see the other end. It's good. Love, it's like really it. good. Um, yeah. yeah, and also uh, he died on my birthday. Oh, oh really? Yeah. So with that year that he died, when I woke up and was he shot? Or did he have like a heart attack? Or no, what he was got it? shot. He got shot. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember. Um, Straight up, yeah. revenge. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, there's and there was that interview that happened. Okay, here we go. Conspiracy theory, real quick. Oops. This is one of the reasons why like I think there's not enough of them going. Yeah, I, this is one of the reasons why I think Puffy had something to do with it. Because Big died on you know the ninth, yeah, and on the tenth or eleventh, he already had that "Every Breath You Take" remix yeah, yeah. put out and pumped to every radio station. Mm. And this was back. Uh, there was no internet. There was no. Yeah. You know what I mean? You were still using Provo, Utah, and the yeah. library and shit like. You know, so I don't know, dude. I was I just found that very suspicious very that that suspicious. was so quick to come out. You know, I just remember um, the interview with Tupac saying, "Puffy did this." <laughs> I'm uh, getting the fuck out. Yeah, um, <laughs> and yeah, and throw shade. And there's, I think they even have clips in it uh, right after maybe the movie ends or something, and it's like the last interview with Big, and you can just tell like he's paranoid. He's yeah. like, you know, and that's where like ready to die. He's just like, shit, man, I'm I'm fucking ready to die. Like. Oh, that would be a terrible way to fucking Yeah, it's a know, crazy life, man. To they, know that like any moment somebody could just come and like, oh man. I mean, that's yeah. what being a gangster is. Yeah, no. I mean, these guys aren't any different than mafia. Yeah. No. You got to realize all these guys at some point will have wanted to get out if they weren't killed yet, you know? And it gets harder and harder the longer you stay in there. Then they do yeah. that that Van Trip movie. Van Trip the, movie? What was it? Was it Ice Cube or Ice are we there yet? Yeah, we're not <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure he's out the game he's, after that. Yeah. He's counting his money. He don't give a fuck. Well, he was in um, he was in 21 Jump Street and 22 Jump yeah. Street. He played the uh, police captain. Well, the detective's captain. In, the in uh, Straight Outta Compton, uh, his character, his son, was writing Friday. They have a scene where he was like, "How's it going with the screenplay? How's it going with Friday?" And oh he, yeah, he's like, "Oh man, like eight pages in, it's fucking funny as hell, man." That's great. So I've it's never, great that I've they have that, that little kind of piece in there that huh. realizes we know we're gonna see that eventually nice all right dave what you got you got some dirty south music coming at us i don't oh, damn actually <laughs> i have uh edward r murrow 
It's probably about as far from that as possible. He, <laughs> he's dope as fuck, though. Yeah, he, is, he, is he was calling fuck. people out when people didn't call people out. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'll tell you that much. So if people don't know who Edward R. Murrow is... Which I don't. Was it... Uh, CBS or C- ABC? One of the big three. Mm. We'll say CBS. I think, I think it it's was, Columbia Broadcasting I think System. it was CBS, yeah. Um, he was the he was the the nighttime anchor. feature. Yeah, he was not like, the anchor. He had features. He interviewed people. Yeah, he had like an interview. He was show. like uh, Mike Wallace, but he was the yeah like he was the Mike minutes. Wallace sixty yeah. minutes mm. of the time. He had the tough and interview. He went in yeah. there, asked. So the tough this questions. was nineteen uh, fifties. Yeah, directed. This was directed George by George Clooney. Clooney. Yep, it's Clooney, and, and he was in it, and in it, and in black and white. Black and a white. lot of famous people. were The in guy that played Morrow is the guy from David Strathairn. Sneakers. Yeah, it's weird. That's where you go with it, but yeah, sneakers. Strahan. Yeah, David Strahan, the blind guy. <laughs> huh? Yeah, he was a blind. blind guy in sneakers. Um, <laughs> that might have been was, the first thing I saw. He him was in. perfect because they have film of Murray look just like oh, yeah. him. Talk just this like guy him. transformed himself. Um, and basically, it was that time period that was going on there. It was people were getting blacklisted for being a communist. Yeah, and because mm. of uh, all you had to do was accuse somebody. McCarthy. Of That's it. It was Mar- McCarthyism. Joseph McCarthy yeah, was. He uh, was. Everybody was scared of the, like when Berlin fractured and half the East went to Russia and we took the other half. That's when the Cold War started. Yeah, it, people can argue that it started a little bit earlier than that, which is probably true. Yeah. but that's when it really started. And then it was uh, it was us against them. We divided the world in half basically, and and uh, the people in the U.S., especially senators that wanted to get ahead. That was an easy thing to rally the American yeah. people around. Was, There's a lot of similarities. There are communists in our country. They're going to take away our American values. And yeah. Just think of the pride people just had. We just won World War Two. Yeah, yeah. On two fronts. He scared the fuck out of everyone. Everyone. Uh, Joseph McCarthy. It is very similar parallels between stuff that's going on in government now is what he was doing back then. Yeah. Uh, where he was just he was building what they called the Red Scare. Yeah. Is what they called it. He was just trying to accuse. Famous people, actors, writers, actors, um, writers, journalists, yeah. people that of were being communists. That's people, all you had to say. It's right. like, people that would say like, damage is Those done. were more liberal people, like the journalists and, and the and right. There was an actors. Great movie uh, with De Niro called Guilty by Suspicion, yeah. which where he was a uh, director that got blacklisted and he couldn't do anything. He was blacklisted yeah, forever. You couldn't ruin his with career. The union, you couldn't do anything. If you got in there, you couldn't because he. They went through. Remember, he called all his people <laughs> and, when they were going to do a story on. Yeah. Dovanovich, they're like, has anybody ever gone to a party, known someone they were supposed to know, yeah. written anything you shouldn't have written? Because they were going through everybody. Yeah. And that's what Edward Murrow was basically kind of questioning the uh, the tactics and the uh, well, cause they, the claims yeah. that uh, McCarthy is going about these people whose lives are now ruined. Well, well you, rem- you remember how it started. Remember that the army kicked out this private that mm-hmm. was suspected, accused of being a communist. Yeah. And had served his country, but never had done anything. Yeah. Must have written CBS and said, "Help me out." And uh, Morrow got him the, to give his job back. Yeah. And then McCarthy started. And it, I just remember there's a great line that Frank Latanzlia. Uh, oh, uh, the guy from Frost Nixon. Yes. Uh, yeah. Frank he played, Langella. He played the yeah head of CBS. He was good. CBS. Yeah. And he was like, he's like. Tell him Murrow as Murrow's walking away after he said he could do the story. He's like, you're going to get audited next year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. This was dangerous territory they were trading. And it cost in. him his job eventually. Yeah. yeah. They took away his primetime show and put him on Sunday afternoons. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Bridges was great. A lot of movie. big actors. A lot um, of big actors. Robert Downey Jr. What's the woman was that, what was really good in this? She was uh, the, the 
damn, I can't remember from Deadpool. The, uh, oh yeah, the, the, she was married to Robert Downey Jr. in the movie. Yeah, yeah. And remember the old they were hiding the old Deadpool, not the new Deadpool. Remember they were hiding their uh, marriage. Yeah, and then they finally found out, and they had to get rid of one of them. Yep, yep. It was interesting. There was a, this is when there was a lot of kind of uh, uh, it, there was no. Uh, kind of uh twisting the news back then they really wanted this is what it is yeah this is the first-hand knowledge of what people say yeah and it was it was it's become more about parties over the years than yeah. it ever was yeah. um news is anyways it's true and it's uh, accusing the like i don't flip accusing the media to agree with it yeah and well listen to Obviously, Huffington Post to gloat about it either. So. Right now, when <laughs> anyone doesn't like whatever news it is about them, their media thing is it's, it's it's fake news. It's not real. It's not true. Total side note: Was Newsies a true story? Uh no, Newsies was a wasn't it musical. Based, but wasn't it based on a true story? <laughs> uh, Newspaper boys, yeah, yeah, they're real. That went on strike. <laughs> I think that was a real thing. Uh, oh, you kept probably. saying news is news is. Are you trying to move? Are you trying to move Newsies to your number one? <laughs> it I'm might gonna, make it. I got <laughs> Newsies is they did a great drunk history. <laughs> about the, that's where he's going with his knowledge from it yeah it, do it. it was great it was the guy from zombie land the dorky guy yeah oh, zuckerberg uh, played zuckerberg yeah and then uh the other guy was Jesse the guy Eisenberg. from i yeah. see dead people Haley joel Haley joel yeah he was in it oh nice and yeah. they the news the newspaper boys on the street when I, there was that's how they used to distribute the news back yeah. then and there was enough of them that they went on strike so. <laughs> see see so it is a true story <laughs> I don't know how true it is. You just kept saying news is news is, and I, I'm like, I just popped into my head. It just popped in there. But um, so to wrap it up, the this is a great movie to watch if you don't know much about that time period. Yeah. It goes on a few, little bit of the Senate hearings, a little bit about you know the conspiracy of... of or know. the news in general, what what is reported, yeah. what's the not guy reported, in, what it takes um, to report something. The guy from Twin Peaks, Ray Wise. Was yeah, Ray Wise. Played, played, the, played the guy whose show followed up Mars. Yeah. And he was getting investigated as a communist. Yeah. He committed suicide. Yep. Crazy way two man stuck his head in the oven with the gas in there. Yep. That's crazy. That is crazy. But it shows what people were concerned about with yeah. their reputation. That I'm going to get fired. I'll never get work again. And I can't support my family. So I might as well check out. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, it was really good. And it won a lot of awards for... It came out like the same year as Syriana. So that was like the George Clooney year. And he won Best Director. I think he won Best Director for this year. I'm pretty sure it's awesome. (laughs) Well, not every year. I mean, there's some years you won't see him in I just meant... To be George Clooney every year. That's that's a good year. (laughs) (laughs) I think Strathan won the award for this too. I'm not sure. But he certainly did. And the movie... had that fifties feel. Oh yeah, me and black and white music was very and black well. And white well done. and just the dress and the cinematography. Yeah. Every was great. It was awesome. Yeah. All right, this next movie here. And this was a movie that I loved from the start, and uh, right when it came out, I watched it and I was like, "Man, this is so good." I love how it was told. I love the acting in it. I love the time period because you could have ch- chosen so many different time periods to tell a story about this lady. And this was twenty two thousand six is the Queen. This is the great one with Helen Mirren, who transformed herself like a lot of these great actors do in their roles, especially uh, the stuff that she had to go on with the Queen is all over the place, obviously. But what was great about this movie is the time period they decided to tell it, because she's been around since her father was the stuttering kind of king, you know? And so they could have told it from any time period. And a lot of people don't know... A lot of people don't know how much of a badass she was. She was a mechanic during the war. I mean, she did so much different uh, I, stuff. I saw. I, didn't know that. I saw oh, an old. God. I she saw an great, awesome man. picture of her. They did a collage of all the presidents she's met. 
Yeah. Oh, and wow. they had her like standing next to like Truman as oh, a yeah. as a Little six year kid. old or something. Yeah. All the way up through I mean she's in her nineties now and yeah. she's still the Queen Elizabeth II. So this was a great time period she's because what alive, happened? so what's his name doesn't uh, become king. <laughs> yeah. She's trying yeah. to screw <laughs> at this point he don't give a fuck. Uh yeah, what's, I bet. Yeah, he's, yeah. <laughs> he's already thrown that one away that it's ever going to happen. He's looking at William now. But uh, what was great about this is it's, it's told right when Tony Blair becomes prime minister. And right oh, yeah, when Tony yeah. Blair comes prime minister, like three weeks after that, Princess Di dies. Yep. So it, this is the time period. It takes place basically around Princess Di's death. Oh, wow. That, I uh, thought, was the fascinating part about this yeah, movie. Yeah, this was, this was that, why this was really great and amazing what to tell. Because that? you're... you're uh, the movie came out? Or the, no, oh, the, the time period. Because it's coming hard. up on Iraq War, too, right? It's got to be 98, 99, maybe? Like the first Princess When died? Princess Di died? Oh, Check I think that it was, I think it was before that. Yeah, it could be. Uh, maybe it was 90. No, because I remember watching I her. I it was 95 or 96, Street. because I was living at Werger's house. 97. 97, okay. Yeah. So we were somewhat in the time period. So we were coming up so, on... That's what made this movie interesting because you're telling you're telling the story of three different kind of parts. Really, you're you're seeing Tony Blair become prime minister, which is brilliantly played by Michael uh, Sheen, the guy from Frost, Frost Nixon, Nixon, who amazing in this role. And you're telling the Queen's point of view of what's going on in the time period and the kind of the era that she's in. And you're uh, learning about the Princess Di stuff uh, to the point where you feel really bad because. Uh, Right when it happens, you get to see uh, the queen, and you get to see Philip, her husband. And uh, right when they get the phone call, it's like, oh, what has she done now? You know, because she is kind of the bane of the existence of Queen yeah. Elizabeth. She had been out of the family at this point. She had been divorced to Charles, but which was a big uh, scandal. Which was a big scandal. Uh, she had gone with uh, Fayed, uh, Dante uh, Fayed, and she had been in Paris for the Versace funeral. Uh, there was a funeral for Versace in Paris, and that's why she was there. And then, like a month later, when she was coming back, uh, and it's almost no doubt that the paparazzi had a major hand in her death because she was uh, in her car in the tunnel, fleeing from these rabid yep. paparazzi that were on these motorcycles that were weaving in and out of her. The and everything. Had been and, it, uh, and it caused the oh, really? accident. Yep. I didn't know that. And the crazy thing about the accident, yeah, was she was. Completely conscious. Oh yeah. After the accident happened. Yeah. Really. Like a, a few minutes. Like she must have bruised her heart. Yeah. They brought her to the hospital, and then she and died. Then she died, oh. and it was interesting how they told the guy who played Prince Charles was really good in this movie. I cannot. Re- I don't recognize him from anything else. He but I love when they. Uh, uh, <laughs> I love when they cut the scene where. Uh, they're talking about them getting a phone call, and all of a sudden, you could it cut in to Prince Charles being told. So it's you, it cuts in right with his reaction, which is "Oh my God!" And then you can see it. And he, he, I need to do this. I need to do that. The kids were super young at this time, yep. so he's. They show him kind of uh, consoling William and Harry, and uh, Mom loved they, her. they were super Mom close. Really loved her. Everyone loved Princess Diamond. I remember they, this was around Mom the time where they the... coined her uh, when. Right when, uh, and this is where the meat of the movie really started, was right when she died, the uh, the monarchy, specifically Queen Elizabeth II, uh, wanted to completely separate herself from it. She's not part of the family anymore. This is a personal matter. We'll let them deal with it. And she wasn't going to come down to Buckingham Palace. She wasn't going to raise the flag. And the people really? were getting pissed. Yeah. And it, it really made 
Tony Blair look good because Tony Blair went right down there. Tony mm. Blair said in uh, his speech writers coined the phrase that she is the people's uh, princess and that carried with her for years. People still call her the people, people's princess. Mm-hmm. And it was a great scene in the movie where his script writer says, you owe me for that one, mate. Yeah. And so I gave you that. And uh, he looked really good because he went down there, but people, uh, the flowers were coming in and uh, they had real interviews with the people thrown in here and they were like, oh, why wow. aren't they coming down here? Why aren't they making a statement? Why is the flag not up there? Mm-hmm. And then it was brought to Michael Sheen's uh, or Tony Blair's kind of attention. He was like, what? They haven't even brought the flag out there and everything? And uh, Queen Elizabeth II, she's like, we're mourning. I've got two grandchildren to take care of right now who just lost their mother. I could see her point of view, but she's so... But you st- are the figurehead of that yeah. country. Yeah, Gee, come I mean, on. raise you the could flag, be a grandmother. lower the flag. You have to be a grandmother. Other, like. It's not like you have to go outside and do it yourself. So yeah, it, exactly. It, like, and just that give aspect, the word. It, it, it didn't make her look good, but she eventually came around to uh, giving them what they want. And uh, I heard Helen Mirren... Let them eat them. cake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what? That was supposed to be an insult. Yeah. Originally, yeah. let them eat cake. Cake yeah. was the... Stuff that was crumbled on the bottom, like after all the good stuff was eaten. Oh, really? And yeah. then someone's like, "Well, what about all the like plebeians?" And she's yep. like, "Let them eat cake." Reading, "Let them eat all the burnt crumbs." <laughs> Everybody that uses it is like, "Oh man, they're gonna let them eat cake." That's yeah. pretty luxurious. It's like, I, I love cake. It's the yeah. stuff at the bottom that yeah. didn't make it to the plate. Interesting. Uh, yeah, but I mean, like, if it's a pie, the crust is the best fucking part. It wasn't pie. No, no, no. <laughs> let them eat crust. <laughs> then I want to, you know. Uh, so, anyways. Uh, Helen Mirren was amazing in this. You got to see her kind of meet with. You got to see her meet with uh, P- Tony Blair, and uh, there was a lot of great stuff with them together. But some of the best stuff was her on her own. Yeah, there was, was a great scene. There was a great scene that right after it happened, they brought the grandchildren out to a hunting trip because they wanted them to, to kind of uh, take their mind off what was going on. So they showed them on this hunting trip, and they showed the queen. She's like, uh, and it's these little scenes that I love. Like she's about to get in the jeep with her son, Prince Charles. And they're going to go out there. And he's like, you want me to drive? She's like, certainly not. And then she gets in, uh, behind the wheel. And at one point, he keeps talking about Diane, Diana. And she gets pissed. And she's like, I think I'm going to walk back. Mm. And then she just grabs the dogs. And she's walking back all, or on her own. And then the next day, she's going to meet them out at the hunt. And uh, she shows up at like the... Uh, the people uh, that are working the grounds uh, to borrow a Jeep. And she's like, we could send somebody out there with you. She's like, no, I got this. And she goes out there in the Jeep herself and she goes over the water and she, she, uh, hurts the uh, or she uh, breaks she breaks the axle or something like oh, that fuck. she looks under it and i love the scene where she's calling back and she's like i had a bit of an accident i broke the uh, the left axle rod on the something something yeah, and she's right. like are you sure he says absolutely i'm sure i used to be a mechanic in the war yeah he's if i had this i could fix it right now and they came back and they uh, pick her up and there's a lot of just she's great scenes where That's they awesome. show her being like that tough uh chick and it's uh, it all comes down to her finally breaking down to go down and meet the people. She wanted to go to the gate and talk to the people, and it was like unheard of that she would do this, that she was walking amongst the people and like greeting the people and talking to these little girls and accepting flowers from them and these from me and uh, this and that. And it was a big kind of moment for her because people got to realize, and that's what Tony Blair was trying to get across to these people, that this is this is decades and decades of do it this way don't do it that pomp way you know and circumstance. pomp and circumstance and when you kind of uh, are in that's engraved in you it's kind of oh, a difficult she knew thing nothing to shake else. I she, mean, she from knew nothing day else one yeah to, to this moment yeah but she was a lot funnier than people have realized she was a lot kind of more down to earth than people realized and this was a fabulous fabulous movie i remember i had watched when i, I watched this How movie old of, is she now? uh 
Helen Mirren or the Queen Elizabeth? Queen Elizabeth. She's got to be 92? like 90, 92, something like that. Uh, when I watched this movie, I watched it like three days, or no, it was like a week and a half ago. And I had uh, I woke up and I watched that movie, uh, Hero, you know, with, uh, Dustin, Hoffman? with Dustin Hoffman yeah. and uh, uh, Anthony Garcia and Gina Davis. Movie. And I'm watching it and I was like, man, it's such a great movie. And then right afterwards, right when it ended, I took that out and I put the Queen in because I knew I was going to talk about it today. And I looked up the Queen and the director directed Hero. Really, and I was like, "That is fucked and he's up." He's only directed right like a few. Movies uh, that is too. fucked up right there. And, he, <laughs> and he's not a huge director. And then right after the Queen, I put on another movie that I'm going to talk about on my number one. And I looked up the trivia, and he was up to be the director of it before the no other shit. person took over. I said, "This is crazy right here." <laughs> um, she's ninety three. Ninety three. Hid from the world from that ironic. Yeah, she's our grandmother's age, ninety three, man, and she's still kind of all there and with it. I mean, we wouldn't know if she wasn't, but you know. All right. So, what, so then that was, that was the yours. queen, so it goes to Justin next. Justin, what is your next pick? All right. Um, so I'm actually having trouble since I threw myself a curveball. Uh, uh, now you got to um, pick one of the two. I know, yeah. And so, um, Go in your heart. Yeah, and go I'm going to do that. Go with the one you know more. Look at your heart. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like, no, yeah. Go with the one you know more. Yeah. <laughs> um, For okay. all of our sake. Yeah, so I'm going to go uh, with Jamie Foxx and Ray. Oh, nice. Um, it was still, between, you still haven't seen this. It's no? a good movie, man. Oh, it's a really good movie. And so like you it. don't like heroin movies, and this is pretty close to a heroin yeah, movie. Yeah, it kind of <laughs> is. Um, you know, and like... There's still I, hope for you to watch some Trainspotting. Yeah. <laughs> Trainspotting awesome. Um, well, and so, like, I've I've had a fascination with Ray Charles. Um, <laughs> heroin. <laughs> <laughs> I've had a fascination is, with blind heroin addicts yeah, Which is why I don't watch heroin <laughs> movies. Um, no, uh, when I was younger, I got to see him play at oh, the really? um, Performing Arts Center. You saw Ray Charles? Yeah, oh, nice. yeah. Um, and I mean, I, awesome. yeah, no, it was great. Like, I mean, like, I remember, I, I'm pretty sure I remember, like, actually, like, crying because it was so awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, um, and I kind of knew who he was, but like, oh, were you like, 10 I, I must have been like ten, yeah. you know, like somewhere right in there, um, and it was it was fucking awesome. Daddy, what's um, heroin? <laughs> <laughs> it's um, a girl that saves the day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all Every that. day <laughs> for ten dollars. <laughs> um, yeah, and so like yeah, so I just uh, I always liked him after that, and I mean, dude, Jamie Fox, I thought yeah. did an amazing job. Um, not just in like the movements and yeah. stuff, you know. I think our did. introduction was probably like Blues Brothers, like growing up seeing and see him. That's on right, Blues yeah, Brothers and yeah. Stuff. And him and Aretha Franklin yeah. are in, in that one as well. Um, yeah, we all knew that kind of mo- movement he made. Yeah, well, him, were, him, and, him and, Stevie. Sam, and Stevie Wonder, yeah. man. You know, they were like it was almost like they were related, but they weren't. You yeah, know? Um, Stevie's him without the junk. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and I mean, you know, and this is very much kind of like a. Uh, it's almost like a road movie, yeah. you know, because he's traveling from place to place, playing different places. But it also um, goes all the way back to his childhood. What year man. did he That's right. start that? Yeah, show? oh yeah, and it's super interesting to see him in his childhood. That's right, because like, losing it, his sight. It's like a, the setting for his childhood. How so old was he old when he wooden lost houses his with the wood, uh, like they weren't even like paved roads and yeah. stuff like that. Was very yeah. I think he was probably what like nine something like that. Yeah, maybe I haven't seen this movie in so long, but it was um, really good. I, I can handle being blind if I had seen before. Yeah, I, See, I, I, I don't I know. Could. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. Because if you tell me something looks like something, I'll always have a way to, to yeah. know exactly. And I know movies so well, you could just put them on for me. Yeah, I, I, sit, I sit there and listen to movies all day long. Yeah, you know, actually, they have those um, like assisted audio now, yeah. um, where they'll say like 
Paul picked up the water bottle and took a sip. Uh, like, have you heard him say no, that? No, no, no. Yeah, they That's do funny. that now. It's interesting. It's, uh, it's the idea of not knowing uh, colors. Yeah. Trying to explain colors to somebody. Yeah. What was the movie when he handed her the rock? mask? Was that mask? Yeah, she was. Laura Dern was blind, and he had to like he handed her broccoli and said, "This is green." If you and, if you were gonna be him, you'd have to date a yeah. blind girl. <laughs> <laughs> that was the moral of that story. Yeah, that's You're ugly as fuck, like Rocky. Yeah. That was, even you could get Laura Dern. Damn. <laughs> it's a harsh world, man. <laughs> I still remember the look on her face when she felt his face, though. Oh, it God. dropped. <laughs> Go ahead. Oh my God. Um, Ray yeah. Charles looked a lot better than him, and uh, and his mom didn't didn't let him feel sorry for himself yep. uh, yeah. for going blind either. There was some stuff with his brother in there too. Didn't his brother yeah. die? His, when his he brother was young? died. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, there was a great comedian was like he took his girl on a first date to the movie, and they saw the movie. And when he left, and he's like, "How'd you like it?" And she's like, oh, "I liked it. Okay, I could have done with the little." I could have done without the little brother dying. And she's like, the comedian was like, yeah, so could Ray Charles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny. That's fucked up. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah and also, you know, it went into... Uh, so one really cool little interesting fact about him that I, I learned from that movie was that um, he would he would find a woman attractive yeah. by feeling her wrists. Yeah. And if she had like skinny petite wrists, he would know that she was kind of a smaller girl, yeah, you know? Yeah. And there's one scene where this, you know, fan of his comes up and starts talking to him. And, uh, you know, he's being all flirty and nice mm. and everything. And he goes and he says, well, give me your hand, baby. And he goes and he touches her wrist and like the smile just goes away from <laughs> his face, you know? Like, she was too skinny? Or yeah, too, she was too big. She was you too know? big. Yeah. Uh, um, and like he learned how to make sure that people like he he had to ask for all of his money in once. Yeah. Um, you know, so like nobody could say like, oh, here's a hundred dollars and give him like, you know, oh, it's ten tens yeah. and and it's ten ones. You know, because um, he got burnt. Yeah. People, oh, yeah. you know. I mean- that's one thing you'd have to be... Yeah. Yeah. Um, what was interesting about this, too, is most artists and musicians that get into heroin, that ends up being what kills them. Yeah. And it wasn't with yeah. Ray Charles. He, yeah. he got out when he needed to get out, and he was one of the lucky people. Yeah. But there were a lot of scenes where he was, he like, in the old. back on the toilet with yeah. fucking, like, uh, just shooting up and stuff. So he was definitely kind of troubled. You yeah, well, and his, his love life and, you know, all that Is was... Is his brother's death kind of what set him off on I that think that's, kind of path, I think really? that's what it was. Yeah. And then I'm pretty sure he was hanging out with some old, like, blues musicians yeah. or something like Who that. Who never done heroin before. <laughs> of course, yeah. Um, and I think <laughs> that's how... Yeah, I think that's how he got um, introduced to it. Um, but... Um, yeah and so like the other thing is is uh, they they show where a lot of the ideas from his songs came from Mm -hmm. and like the troubles that he had with his women and stuff like that and again Jamie Foxx did a great oh, job. Man, he killed um, this. It's, and that's what it takes to do these types of movies. It takes a Val Kilmer. It takes uh, Jamie Foxx. It takes one of these guys that can literally transform themselves into these people. Yeah. And remember, when this movie came out, not only did Jamie Foxx win the Oscar, but he went on touring uh, for oh, yeah. a while there yeah. doing uh, doing Ray Charles songs and yeah. shit like that. With, cool. with I different... knew he was a musician. Though. Yeah. yeah. He, he, um, he very did a, good. He did a song with a rapper named Twista um, called Overnight Celebrity. Yeah, with an A. 
Um, he's from Chicago. Makes it that much better when you do yeah, that. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, he's from Chicago. He's fucking badass, man. Fascinated with films. He, <laughs> he actually, um, for a while, he uh, held the... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that does it, too. That yeah. does it just as well. Um, for a while, he actually held the wor- uh, world record for most words said in a minute. Really? Yeah. Was he, it the Micro Machine guy? No, he, <laughs> I he, beat about him. he beat the Micro Machine yeah. guy. Yeah, that's oh, funny. Yeah. I just saw him the other day on, the a, Sa- on, a, on a Save by the Bell episode. He oh, was really? Like a sub studio. Yeah, he used to come funny. in and do those wacky things. Or yeah, he was kind of. And he always did that bit. Oh, I mean, that it was sense. always like, all right, here's the notes for this week's history test. And on this day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's great. Um, but yeah, um, I mean, just a... Just and he a, did all his famous songs, all his uh, yeah. all his kind of really uh, well-known and, ones. And, and I didn't know about him, um, about like the racism that happened in Georgia yeah. and, you know, them telling him he couldn't play there. And yeah. then him not going back yeah. for, you know, a long time, even though they finally said, oh, please come back. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure they show in the movie a portion of that performance mm. of him playing oh, back in Georgia. And it's actually Ray Charles yeah, singing yeah. Georgia on my mind. I like when they do that in movies um, too. And yeah. That's what's like, great about these bio movies is they show you stuff that we have been fans and listened to these people our entire life and now they're showing something what we had no clue of. Yeah. And it's really amazing when they can do that. But that that was also done similar in that uh What's Love Got to yeah, Do with that, it? Exactly yeah, where yeah. Uh, they, she came out at the end. Which Always would have made the list if I didn't already talk about it yeah. for was it Strong Woman Pod? Maybe. I yeah, I think it was. was. I think yeah. it was. And that was a great movie too. But yeah, it, it really and it also showcased these these artists as being Don't multi-talented. Cry, Dave. I know. It's, it's, it's all right. so touching. He's okay. <laughs> well, he's not he's anymore, not okay. but <laughs> <laughs> you breaking it to him right now. Yeah. Take the right time to do that, dude. Yeah. <laughs> he's alive and well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the and uh, Buddy Holly and yeah. the Big Bopper. They're all playing rent on their uh and Tupac, on, on their plots. And Biggie. <laughs> you know, they're all just hanging out together. Yeah, this could have been a dead musicians pod. Oh man. The it, doors. It, like is the is weird the queen's the only one alive anthony on mackie list. and and the musical pod I know. it's so weird that the 93 year old queen's the only one alive on all these movies <laughs> all right dave you got you I'm got a live break up that whole theory oh, there it goes right. yeah, yeah. i mean lift. this guy's dead but <laughs> oh, he was super super popular oh shit but that was ted bundy oh wow Ooh, wow Bringing it down, just like Dave yeah. does. Extremely yeah. wicked, shockingly he's, evil. And he's wild. dead, all right. <laughs> it's a mouthful of a movie. Yeah, They're lucky it Say came it out again, on Netflix. I cut you off. They're like no, they no, put no. it out on Netflix. Extremely so wicked, shockingly evil, and vile. And okay. actually, those are the words that the judge used. To oh, okay. I didn't know that. Tim huh. to the chair. Oh, yeah, wow. That's what he said. He said those words verbatim. Yeah. Um, I've been fascinated with this guy. He was literally the atypical. Yeah. person that you would think would be a serial killer mm-hmm. like someone that had a Our, terrible uh, childhood he didn't really have a terrible childhood someone that was you know disfigured or had i mean he obviously was he looked a like a model now is yeah. this is this um the jeremy renner one no 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 this one is zach efron yeah okay this, and, okay and here's how cool this movie is i don't think they show a single drop of blood in this entire movie yeah it's they all don't show it's a all killing. the lawsuit they don't show anything the, they show uh, him the legal, hanging case. Out. legal case with jim parsons in it right Jim Parsons yeah. is great. Basically, it's him before he got caught hanging. He was dating this woman who had a daughter, and they lived together, and they were going on vacations so. together and picnics together. He was still doing horrible stuff, but he had a family life. Mm-hmm. But then he got picked up. But what most people don't know about Ted Bundy, he escaped from jail twice. Oh, yeah. yeah. He I, killed those girls in Tallahassee when he escaped, mm-hmm. after he escaped. And uh, so they had him. They had him twice. Now, he wasn't here. 
This they, no, that's Danny Rawling. Rawling, yeah. okay. But they they executed him here. Yeah, yeah, at uh, Rayford, right? Yep. yep. Yeah, Houghton Stark. Yep. And our mom used to read. Uh, our mom used to read a lot of those true crime books until yep. at some point she just couldn't take them anymore. They just got too uh, real to her, I think. Mm. But I think that. She had said she had read Dahmer books. She had read every single one of the serial killer books. She said the only one where she couldn't finish because it was so difficult was the Ted Bundy one. Yeah, really? he did a lot of yeah. stuff and I, to the corpses. It's not worth talking about. Yeah. The, this movie literally was how charismatic he was. Yeah. And that's what, probably why they cast Zac Efron. Yeah. But he played it great. He did was he? awesome. He was awesome. very... Because he defended himself, right? He, did, he was a lawyer, student. He hadn't graduated yet. Yeah. But... Um, he loved the cameraman. He loved being in front of people and talking and just. Uh, he, he thinks John he, Malkovich yeah. played the judge. Oh, that's right. Really? He yeah. Loved that. yeah wow. I, I got to check this out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's on so this is Netflix. Right? Yeah. The guy yeah. from Sheldon yeah. from Big Bang. Yeah, Jim Parsons was the, was the prosecutor in Florida. Um, and he had he was kind of like Manson. He had groupies. He had you know he was which is strange. He man. would give it's news so strange interviews. that serial he killers would, has groupies. Man, we yeah, had, we've it, had a lot of famous serial killers uh, in Florida. Florida. It's oh. kind of like it's where California everyone goes, you because, know? <laughs> well, plus it's a, tr- a transient yeah, place. Yeah, that's what I'm yeah. saying, like yeah. People leave a lot of other places to come to Florida. Yeah, it's like New York if City. If you're going to be you know? poor or transient, you might as well come where not it's have warm. To, yeah, be yeah. where it's warm yeah. and, and enjoyable for yeah. eight months out. Well, you can right. li- live in the woods in Ocala National Forest yeah. like yeah. Danny Rawlings You can get away with yeah. that in yeah. Michigan, you'd be dead. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, Florida's, and the heat makes you crazy, I think. Oh, yeah. All right, tell us again. So, I can't. A lot of people are thinking they're going to hear like horrific stories, but it literally. Go ahead. Justin's got to make a call. <laughs> he can come back. It's a pod first. It's a pod. He'll be have something <laughs> exciting to talk about when he comes back That's in the right. room. He better have something exciting. I have this. I have this smack about Justin. All right, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I, have I hated thing. Ray. I had that shit. <laughs> so I read this book. Um, how Ted Bundy and I caught the Green River Killer. Yeah. And basically, they didn't go over this in the movie as much. They hid in another movie that I'd seen. Yeah. But he he would uh, help uh, FBI profiles. Yeah, that's right. That did happen how later to, in his life. He was the one life. that helped. Like catch, why he was on death row? Yeah. He helped this Bob Cobbler, I think was his name, uh-huh. Robert Cobbler, yeah. catch the, the Green River Killer who had killed 60-something people. Up yeah. in up in like Seattle or Washington, and I read the book about him going to visit Bundy, and Bundy would literally just tell him, "This is the type of guy you're looking for. Yeah. This is the pattern." Very when, he, when he drops Silence the, of the Lambs. Well, they the uh, Jamie Gunn's character in Silence yeah, it was of weird. Lamb, it was like it was uh, when he's handicapped. Yeah, that was thing, very Bundy. That's pulled right out of Ted Bundy. His book. other stuff is more. Uh, more the Texas Chainsaw Massacre guy. It was kind of like a fusion. In, Ed, in Gein. Ed Gein. It was kind yeah. of like a fusion of Ed Gein and Ted Bundy. I know my serial <laughs> but, but even like you said, like the Hannibal Lecter part was once again kind of like the Ted Bundy when he yep. was in his later years yep. because he, exactly. he, he helped a lot of people. And now, was in this movie, did they show anything in flashbacks at all? They showed... They showed some flashbacks but very little they showed no murders they nope. showed him hitting a girl over the head with a tire iron and dragging her towards the woods yeah. and they cut it before he even that was in flashbacks was that that told? was in flashbacks so it was that was it that yeah. was one of the only murder flashbacks everything um, else was in the courtroom yeah and everything else was in the courtroom or in the jail or or before he got 
to Corey. Gotcha. Um, the movie started with him out, not caught yet? started with him out. He had already killed, Yeah. but he hadn't gotten caught. In fact, he was getting pulled over for running the stop sign. Is that how he got picked up? And that's how he got picked up the first they time. They show any of his uh, escapes? Yeah. yeah. So they shipped him to Colorado. So Colorado had him. Oh, no. Uh, wherever they pulled him over had him. Colorado wanted him, so they just gave him to Colorado, and yeah. as soon as he got to Colorado, he escaped. They caught him six days later, and that's when uh, another state wanted him. Yeah. And then he got his way out of there again. And I, that's when he traveled to uh, to Florida. It's, it's if not, I had known that my daughters, he killed two uh, FSG God. sorority girls in sorority row, assaulted three others, and then went down the street and killed another co-ed at a house. God damn. God, man. And yeah, it could have been all avoided if the, the dumbass legal system had kept him under kept him uh, wraps like yeah. he should have been. Well, yeah, because, that would piss me and off. And because he had... Because he was assigned co-counsel, they gave him more freedom. Yeah. He didn't have to walk around with cuffs on at the courthouse. Yeah. He had more freedom, so he saw an open window the first time. Huh. He had practiced to jump out that open window. Yeah. Jeez. That's crazy. So he's fascinating. One of the Probably one of the most evil. If, if you... Him and the uh, This doesn't BTK. give you any of these scopes. BTK of, is pretty bad. Dude. He's pretty bad, yeah. but this guy was more evil. This yeah. movie gives you no scope of his crime. There's another movie out there that if you want to know more about the crimes he committed... Yeah. There's a couple of Ted Bundy movies yeah. out there. And this, the, uh, the two-part Mark Harmon TV movie. I was going to say, that's the yeah. one I remember. Yeah, that was a two-part Mark Harmon one that was and really good. And there's uh, two-hour interviews with him. Yeah, yeah I've seen Just that. him. I oh, saw wow. that. That's also on Netflix, yeah, too. Yeah, that's crazy, too. Yeah. Netflix was crazy Ted Bundy for a while there because that came out and then like three weeks later that one came out. Murder sells, my friend. Yeah, I guess. I mean, it does. It's interesting. When it when it's nothing that you can even relate to, that type of kind of stuff. I mean, it's that's like, why they have the like ID Carol channel. Yeah. The, the ID channel is murder porn. You yeah. know, if you want to just binge it, that's what you got to do. All right, I'm going to bring us up a little bit. All, All right. right. <laughs> Woo-hoo! Uh, so... This movie, and uh, I kind of wish I had watched this in the theater. I would have put it on my best of 2018 pod. Maybe I'll retroactively go in there. No, no. But this is the uh, 2018's Bohemian Rhapsody. I absolutely love this movie. I've seen it three times since I first saw it, like, four weeks ago. So in the last four weeks, I've seen it three times. Oh, wow. So unbelievably great. Me neither. I had the time picked out on the theater that I wanted to go to. I was yeah. going to go and watch oh, it by myself. It was really good. I ended up having Yeah, we'll time. definitely check it out one of these next times you come over to my house to watch a movie. And uh, this was amazing. It's won four Oscars, including like sound mixing, sound editing, regular film editing, and best actor by yeah. Remy Malik. And Remy Malik is amazing. If you don't know the genius that is Remy Malik, either watch this, and me and my uh, wife are actually going back and watching Mr. Robot now, where he's like a computer hacker with like autism and he's addicted to like snorting uh, uh, morphine and it's unbelievable unbelievable movie uh, show and he won the he already won the Emmy for that movie and that's kind of what got him the Bohemian Rhapsody role and what was brilliant about this and it it told the whole story and it led right up to like Live Aid and that's where it kind of stopped and then they had but they showed some of that uh, oh the whole Live Aid they they showed four songs they played in a row and this was always my my wife was watching this and she was like what are they overdubbing him I said no that's Remy Malik playing that shit man and the kid uh, I have the cast pulled up let me they uh, they, uh, he was on Terry Gross Mm -hmm. the NPR show good morning I'm Terry Gross Um, and he said that who is it, Remy Malik? Yeah, yeah, preparing for that role, he carried a microphone stand yeah. with a mic on it around London for like a whole year. He kept those teeth in for the yeah. longest time, and now he he had them uh, 
uh, casting gold, and he's got him like on his mantle now. Oh wow! Uh, but he, <laughs> it was interesting because he was obviously famous for that. Remember they, where he came from? Yeah, yeah. they Remember cast you. Yeah. they cast this movie unbelievably well. And the guy who played the bass player was beautifully played by Joseph uh, Mazzello, who is the little kid, uh, the the little boy from Jurassic Park. Oh, all grown up. Yeah, he was. Uh, yeah. yeah, he was in. Uh, Three. He was in Social Network, and he had done a, a whole bunch of stuff. He was one of the computer kind of guys that worked in Social Network. Uh, so he has been done stuff here and there, but he was really good in this movie. And the guy who they uh, cast to play Byron May looked so much like him that I I couldn't believe it. I had to pull like pictures up, and I was like, look at how Brian May looks just like this guy. It looks like he's his son or something. Hmm. And Remy Malik looks just like Brian him. Brian May to me is one of the most recognizable guitar sounds. Yeah. And I can all I need is like four notes. Yep, mm. like, oh, he's really unbelievable. Cool. I, I was always a huge Queen fan, uh, even before Wayne's World, which which arguably gave it a huge jump. It really did. It brought it. De- they were kind of they're huge in England. Queen is unbelievably huge in England, and it it uh, kind of bled over to the states for a while there, here and there. And people knew who they were, and they had some big songs here and there on the radios. But not until Wayne World came out yeah. did that. That song was dead and gone, and that went it was number two on the charts yeah number two on the charts all because mike myers mike myers fought for that uh type of thing what was great about him fighting for that they sent him a, a well basket they, <laughs> what was awesome is they put <laughs> him in this movie and meats and cheeses yeah. they put him in this movie in an, an incredible role and i mentioned it previously on a pod that i watched an entire scene with him not realizing it was Mike. yeah myers. i heard about that and then when i then after a while you're like why do i hear shrek yeah <laughs> and then I, Which I, was this uh, what was this in this movie, and oh, really? uh, Mike Myers playing. Oh, Remember, I played you the scene where he, yeah, yeah, that's right. And he played the asshole producer that said, "Queen will always be shit, and you'll never play Bohemian." What is this Bohemian Rhapsody garbage? Yeah, didn't and, he say something uh, like, uh, "You'll uh, never play"? The first, they wanted it to be the first single off the album. Yeah, right? and they were like, "No, we're, we're gonna go with uh, my best friend uh, instead." And then he was like, "No, we need this." He says, "It's six minutes fucking long." Yeah. He says, "What is it about? Gotta move. What the yeah. hell is that?" Yeah. And I mean, then he had a point, uh, sort of. And then they broke he off just, of them and. On the way out, uh, Rami Malek or uh, Freddie Mercury says, you'll always remember this is the day you lost Queen. Uh-huh. And fuck, man. Well, doesn't he say, like, you know, there's never going to be any kids riding in yeah, their yeah, car banging their banging heads their to heads this, to this, to this music. Yeah. And it was just like that one thing, and it was great that uh, Mike Myers has done a lot of stuff recently completely in character where you can't see him. Mm-hmm. Like, he did that gong show thing where he was the uh, the gong show TV show, which lasted the whole season, and he came out there in a character, mm-hmm. this British character and stuff, and it was very... Very strange that it's he did this, but it was yeah. great. It was great and glorious. And glorious bastards. bastards. Yeah. He came on, and people didn't know that was him either. So he was awesome in this. But this movie was literally carried by Remy Malik, and they show his really kind of he's um, Remy Malik's from Egyptian uh, uh, descent, and uh, I'm trying to think where Freddie Mercury's parents were from because they were very ethnic, very uh, Hindu. They were uh, very Hindi related, and they did not like the fact that he was going to be this music star and everything. And they were coming to terms with they. It wasn't openly said that he was gay. We got to see that in the movie where he came out because he had a like life mate as uh, a woman that he dated, that he loved her so much and came out to her as gay, but ended up still having her move into a wing of his house and took mm-hmm. care of her and gave a lot of his like fortune to her when he died because he famously obviously died of uh, AIDS. Uh, which was which was heartbreaking. They didn't actually go into his death, but they went into the p- part where he found out about it, and then he had to break it to the band and tell him. And this was right when uh, things got real bad because the he was surrounding himself around one of the one particular guy that was. Uh, 
that was one of his producers and he got all the drugs brought into there and all the partying and everything and he had an affair with him and uh it really there's always one thing that kills the band this guy is what killed the band this guy was the, the paul yoko giamatti ono. or the or the yoko ono <laughs> of the band and then they eventually broke up and then he had done his uh solo stuff and everything but uh I remember growing up, and the first Queen song I ever heard was uh, another one, Bice the Dust, what Junkyard yeah. Dog came down to in the ring. So back in like 83 and 84 when I was watching Wrestler, and, and uh, I remember buying that album just to hear the uh, another one, Bice the Dust, over and over again. I loved it. Uh, but Remy put in a performance like you would not believe. Uh, some of the best stuff is him in the recording studio and the weird stuff they're doing. They were like, we got to get creative, man. We got to like – they were like moving the, uh, the microphones on like this gimbal so they could talk as it's passing them. Oh, cool. They're banging yeah. on stuff. They're having the guitarist do that Galileo really high. Mm-hmm. And they're in the booth saying it higher, higher. He says, if I do it any higher, it's going to break glass. He says, break glass, yeah. do it. Uh, but it was really a phenomenal, phenomenal documentary. I man. think... Um, really great. I think probably... Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> I think probably We Will Rock You is probably yeah. my most like familiar yeah. of theirs because you know it's in every fucking sports game yep. movie whatever. and they go on to that in the movie where he was like when one of them was like i want to i want a song that the uh the audience can participate with yeah well don't and they also sing we're the champions that's part of that song yeah. oh okay yeah, 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 yeah okay yeah. it's it it's leads ex- into that it's, it's the, the interlude one to the exit ex- yeah gotcha and uh they they show him the guy's like this is what i want to do and he's he shows him hitting his yeah. feet on the boom, ground boom, boom, boom. yeah boom 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 yeah. And then, uh, and then he comes up with the lyrics, and he busts it out, and it's really great. But the the greatest thing about this is that live aid performance because they had broken off. He had gone through. He he got rid of that guy that was kind of poisoned to him, and he called back up. He called the producer and says, "You need to get the band back together. I just want to talk to them." Mm-hmm. And. Uh, he was like, you need me and I need you and I think we should get together and we should do this because one of the bad things that that guy who was really poisoning Freddie Mercury didn't tell him about Live Aid. Didn't even mention it to him. People were trying to call him to get Queen to be part of it. It's like, this is the biggest concert in the entire fucking world and everyone's going to be there and we need Queen. I was at Wembley. And, uh, he had he was like, "What's Live Aid?" And this was when it was almost ready to happen. Yeah. And then he called up. He's like, "I want to be part of Live Aid." And he was like, "It's already been booked, and people, the bands are already been announced." He says, "Well, announce us as a late entry." He says, "Because we want to do it." And this must have been like stressful for the actors in the film because these guys were playing this thing, and they went out there and they played four songs. Like the movie just showed them play four songs in a row, and they were a little bit abridged here and there. But you got to see Remy going out there, and he killed it. And this was something that everyone had seen on TV. You know, he's wearing those white jeans yeah. and the white uh, wife beater yeah. with the, uh, the thing on Suspenders. his wrist, on his arm, yeah. uh, and everything. And uh, it, it was amazing, man. It was really, really great. And it, uh, for a movie that ended with that, this is how he died five years later or whatever, mm. and, and everything, they, they left you pumped at the yeah. end because they played all those Queen songs and it went out on a high note, even though it was... Uh, it was kind of a horrible thing to watch him go. Uh, but it, it's really an amazing thing just to see. Once again, we've, we've each had somebody on our list who has transformed themselves. Val Kilmer, Jamie Foxx, and Remy Malik are probably the best examples of uh, people that have completely transformed themselves yeah. into these people's roles. And to be able to uh, become a musician and sing, which is, takes a whole different level of talent. You know, we've always heard about some of these actors that have bands – Keanu has been Kevin in a band. Bacon. Kevin Bacon's in a band. He was on like uh, Jimmy Fallon the other night playing. John, really? Johnny yeah. Depp has a band. Johnny Depp has a band. Bruce Willis had a de- band for a Macaulay while. Macaulay Culkin has a band. Eddie Murphy. Yeah. Party all the time. Party all the time. His song broke the chart. Shit. Yep. 
so yeah that'll do it man bohemian rhapsody check it out it's definitely it's yeah, worth your while yeah yeah it's it won't disappoint you don't have to be like a lot of these movies you don't have to be a queen fan it's it's all the how it got there and what was uh, kind <laughs> of accomplished through it yeah. it does help i mean yeah. sorry, if you love those songs you're going to be excited to see how they were made and constructed but yeah that's our biofilms what we got coming up next week next week character we got character actors. actors uh really great run of character actors i'm super excited about this one these are all actors that we've been watching forever and uh some of them i've been waiting to talk about for for a long time now finally get the time and the yep. big lights yeah <laughs> <laughs> leave it to fast day with fil- films to shine the spotlight on that's you right. take care of the little man <laughs> 2017 yeah. what we do films with the z uh, <laughs> I gotta start writing it that way in my Facebook posts. Yeah, <laughs> no one will notice. Uh, but uh, so yeah, we got the character arts coming up. Then we got some '90s drama, which is going to be exciting. And then we got some uh, some super surprises coming up. Now the holidays are coming up. We have a really great Halloween episode planned that we uh, talked about earlier. Uh, but if you want to get a hold of us, you can check us out on Facebook, Fascinate with Films. You can also shoot us an email at fascinatewithfilms at gmail you can uh, listen to us on SoundCloud and iTunes, and if you can leave us a like or a, uh, or a comment, that would be great. Um, but yeah, that's biographies, man. Yeah, nice. yeah. Till next week, see ya. Bye. Based on a true story. How about, uh, girl, you couldn't bite my wire? Mm-hmm.